You fucking divide them along certain lines and do the most controversial ones. Go to race. Go to something where there's also some truth to it as well. And drive it deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and make the bottom 99% fight each other and hate each other so that they literally cancel each other out and, and quote unquote in the game of life kill each other off in that way, air quotes, so that you keep staying right there and your wealth gap keeps going exactly in the direction you want it to. It's because people don't want to accept the fact that they're being played sometimes. People want, people want to have faith. People want to have faith. People want to trust in the government. People want to trust in society. People want to trust the churches. People want to trust everything. And it's just like, at a certain point, you kind of have to see it for what it is. What's cooking, everybody? I am joined in the bunker today by the one, the only, Mr. Toby Moose Mustafa. Moose is a guy who does not pull any punches, and I did know that coming in. He is one of the co-hosts of the Faces of the Future podcast, which you may or may not remember, but we had one of the other co-hosts, Miles Matthews, in here for number 42, I believe it was. And so we're also going to have Shannon, the third co-host, at some point here in a month or two as well, so we'll get all three of them, but... They all play off each other great, and what I like about their podcast is you really don't know where the opinions are going to go, and so Moose came in here and did not disappoint with that reputation because, frankly, as far as touchy issues that some people would say, ah, I don't really go there, go, we, we certainly went right at them. I will say that the last, two, the last hour is a little bit different from the first two hours. The first two hours are just nuts. We started with Deshaun Watson for 15, 20 minutes, which I talked about with Jordan last week, and then after that, it just got crazy in a good way. But the last hour, we talked deeply about religion. And so Toby is a Christian, and it studies the Bible the whole nine, knows his shit inside and out, and he he basically laid context for like 25 minutes going deep on the Bible and like the way some people interpret it and how it's... how some of that's wrong like i don't want to speak for him but it was very very interesting and then we were able to tie that all back to like our larger cultural problems you know because we both kind of view organized religion as this thing that from the top down can drive opinions in the masses that maybe we don't think about and that sometimes are very problematic so that was also a touchy conversation but very very important and i really appreciated having a guy in here who actually really knew what he was talking about with it and and that made it that made it all the better so i hope you guys enjoy moose he's the man he'll definitely be back now a few weeks ago i did mention that we are now sponsored here and we are sponsored by the lovely company eight sleep i wanted to wait to actually start pushing on the sponsorship and discussing with you guys exactly what the benefit is going to be for you. I, I, as I said, I mentioned it once, didn't go too deep into it, but I wanted to talk about that now because I've had a few weeks to really formulate this and the reason I was taking it a little bit extra seriously is not just because it was the first sponsorship to come in here, but this is also pretty personal for me because if you remember, I had Alex Horowitz in here for number 17 and number 18. He'll be back in here again at some point as well, but very close friend of mine, and he is—he's the chief of staff at Eight Sleep. So he's—he's he's been there since the beginning, and I have watched this really formulate into the powerful company and amazing product that it is. So 
I, I take this very seriously and I, I want to make sure that however I represent them is, is, in, is in the highest light because it's, it's an unbelievable company. Now, what do they do? That's, that's the real important thing here. Eight Sleep is a mattress company. So they, they have a proprietary app that ties into their product, which I'll get into the details of that, that allows your sleep to be optimized by reading for different things that happen to you in the night. So let's put that in English. Basically, if you are used to waking up after sleep and feeling like you didn't get a good night's sleep, but you really slept seven hours and that makes no sense, if you are tossing and turning sometimes in the night in the night or you have some restless sleep or not really deep sleep and you just don't feel like you're refreshed all the time they have the science at eight sleep behind why that happens to make sure it doesn't and in, in the simplest terms they say take six hours and turn it into a real eight hour sleep so you save two hours but the way they do that is the app measures for things like body heat and a whole bunch of words that i don't want to drop on you because it'll get too confusing but it will optimize the temperature and settings of your bed throughout the night as your body is changing in states of sleep it is absolutely wild the product is insane and it's also not crazy expensive at all so like if you go out to buy a regular foam dumb mattress as i like to call them and i i think the founders of the company also call it that as well because it you'll understand when you use the product but if you go out and buy a regular foam mattress and it's a decent one you know you can spend three four five grand on it the pod pro mattress itself starts at just under three thousand dollars so as far as like a price competition, it's insane that they can even be lower than some of these mattresses and actually do something scientifically, technologically to help your sleep. Now, where do I tie into this? The way I tie in is if you would like to start getting a better night's sleep, and this is something that would interest you to try out and see if like, yeah, you know, actually I, can, I won't toss and turn all night. I'll feel like I'm rested every day, and now I actually have a smart mattress and not a dumb one. You can go to the link in my description as well as the link in my Instagram bio and purchase either the Pod Pro mattress or the Pod Pro cover using code Trendifier, which is the name of this show, and get $100 off. And by the way, I'm not sure if I said this, but the cover, which starts at around $1,750, is not the full mattress, but it does everything the full mattress does. And you say, well, why would they sell it? They sell it because you basically just put it on your bed as a regular cover over your mattress if you enjoy the feel of your current mattress you get to keep that mattress and now you just get all the technology that eight sleep has and connect it to the app and you have it through the cover so it's best of both worlds it is a phenomenal product it's pretty unbelievably funded in silicon valley slash i I guess we got to start saying Miami now too. So you can check that out. Very Googleable. You can see some of the people who are, who are behind the company. But again, I've watched this grow from day one. It's very, very important to me that, you know, th this is not just a sponsorship. It's, it's a phenomenal product. I use it. It's incredible. It'll change your life. So use code Trendifier. Go to the link in my description. And if you'd like to give it a try, give it an order. You will not be disappointed. Anyway, if you're not subscribed, please subscribe. We are on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, and YouTube. And if you're on YouTube right now, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell button, and leave a like and comment on the video if you will, please. And by the way, thank you to all the people who have been doing that. That actually really does help get some extra views on the videos, and, and we're growing here. It's, it's a very, very cool thing, so I, I appreciate all of you who take the time to do that. The second thing is the five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts. Say it every week. They're phenomenal, and they are a huge help. New listeners have been 
I see it in the numbers. They're coming in and they are listening to the podcast and downloading on Apple a ton and Spotify, but on Apple in particularly, that a lot of that is driven from they will go to these comments to see what other people are saying about the show and they go, okay, all right, I'll give this a shot. And that's a really cool thing and it's a testament to all the people who have done that. So thank you. If you have not had a chance to leave a five-star comment with a review on Apple, I would really, really appreciate it. Again, huge, huge help. That said, you know what it is. I'm Julian Dory, and this is Trendfire. Let's go. This is one of the great questions in our culture. Where is the news? You're giving opinions and calling them facts. Everyone understands this, but few seem to do it. If you don't like the status quo, start asking questions. You and me were just talking right off cam about Deshaun Watson and and that whole situation because you have an interesting take on this. And we have to say this. I I just talked about this with my friend Jordan on a podcast, but we're still getting a lot of information here. It it is early. There are things that obviously don't look great, but it gets tough when you see some of these situations and you see some things that are a little bit, shall we say, too good to be coincidental. Yeah. Right? So – on your end, the first thing I wanted to ask you about, though, was this point you were talking about. I, I don't remember exactly how you said it, but you were saying there's a difference between being a predator and like a horn dog or something like that. Yeah. And that's how you view this situation? Yeah. Like, I think that <clears throat> before I give this, I always give this disclaimer on Face of the Future, and I just give this disclaimer all the time. I This is not me saying I don't believe women. I don't. We're going to get into, into that discussion, too. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is just my point of view. Um, my point of view is not trying to dismiss any situation that happened to any of those women or any women. Um, and that's all I wanted to say. I'm not <laughs> trying to I'm not trying to gaslight you. I'm not trying nope. to dismiss your experience. None of that. I'm just giving this perspective as an objective point of view. 100%. And you have to say that. Yeah. You do. You yeah. do. And I think that, like, for me, it's there's a very big difference because I think that when you look at things that happen in the sexual violence spectrum, um, in the domestic violence spectrum, a lot of people use the term predator. And I think that because of how social media is, we just throw the term predator around or we, use, we mm. throw the term abuser around. And it's like, for me, it's like almost as bad as throwing the word narcissist around. Not everybody's a narcissist. Not everybody's an abuser. Not everybody is a predator. And I think that when we look at the situation, we have to look at what, in my opinion, what a predator would be. And a predator for me is when you look at this, you're trying to establish some type of dominance over somebody mm. um, in this in this particular spectrum. So, And it's, you don't think he's he's doing that with – I mean the allegation is just to be clear, and I'm going to broad brush right here, but it is essentially a bunch of m- massage therapists mm-hmm. that are claiming that he took advantage of them sexually when they were – treating him as a client yeah and and i don't think so because for him to do that that would for that would for me how i look at it there would have to be an extreme level of rough play where you actually went out of your way to you know force a woman to do something or a woman mm. felt extremely extremely uncomfortable or where there's some level of extreme trauma and i think that based on the information i was given um the responses from his lawyer just the stories of all the women that have came out it kind of really just seems like he's not really a predator he's just he's a horn dog like he probably got word of mouth that okay um girl using a name for example it's not a real person's name chrissy gives happy endings 
through mm. someone in the league. Next thing you know, okay, I'm going to call Chrissy, fly her out. Next thing you know, girl one, Tasha, whoever, girls start adding up. But the reality of the situation is there may be some girls that may just not want to do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And sometimes it may be a situation where you would have been like, okay, you thought it was okay, and it wasn't. Or she may have just been a lot more uncomfortable than she let on. But she was getting paid. It may have been. There's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts in this particular situation for me to just say, oh, he's a predator. Okay. You know. So I think a key difference to make right away to separate what we're talking about and other situations would be. When you are dealing with a massage therapist, where it's a and it's an all word of mouth thing, it's not like they have ads out there going, "Hey, get a happy ending at this place." Like yeah. obviously, like that's illegal. But when you're dealing with someone whose job is supposedly this thing, and it's they spread business below the table by spreading around that, "Hey, we do that here." There is more of an understanding that, like, oh, certain things are okay. Yeah. Same thing as if. And this would be taking it to another level. But same thing as if you went to a hooker. Yeah, it's supposed to be like – it's obviously illegal, but it's supposed to be okay for you guys to fuck. Exactly. So when Deshaun Watson is going into these places, if I'm understanding you correctly, because it's like that professional side of it, there's a level to which that if he is not literally like putting himself on top of them and telling them while they're saying no, 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 like that he's – in that case, he's not a predator versus – when there's someone who's just walking in thinking they're getting signals from a girl at the bar and they go to the bathroom or they go to a hotel room and it's suddenly like not okay, yeah. there's there's more of a – I don't know what the word is, but there's more of a you shouldn't have expected that going into it. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, 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 what, you're, it's what you're expecting versus – how do I say this? I want to say it's more so about like – your entitlement to the expectation, I guess mm. that I would say. Because it's like, if you're entitled to say, yeah, I did this, so this is what's going to happen, okay, we can have a conversation that maybe you might be a predator. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, if you, let's say, for example, he he flies out a massage therapist Sunday night from a football game. Yeah. I mean, even after the fact that he has a girlfriend or fiance, whatever it is, I look at the situation and it's more like, okay, this may just been a situation where he may have done something by accident. There were some certain situations where they explained it where there were some certain cases where it could have been looked at as an accident. So it's like for me to now just say, oh, he's a predator. He's this. I can't. So when you say accident, though, I want to make sure I understand you, too. Like, we can get as graphic as we need to with yeah. this because we're, we're also not talking about like – holding someone down and fully yeah. raping them or anything so it doesn't need to like have a line but are you talking about like it's an accident in the sense that like oh you don't do a happy ending so oh i didn't know you weren't cool jerking me off yeah or you okay. may have just like you may have just brushed your penis on her arm or something like that by like there are certain things that could have been an accident um and there just could have been some things where she said it was okay it may not have been okay and it's like there's a lot of different moving parts to it because we don't want we don't know the person every single personality of all these women that have done everything. We don't yeah. know how we don't know their background. Yep. We also don't know to be honest with you we don't know Deshaun Watson's background with women. We don't. We don't I mean, and in fairness to him while I would say that there was never like a dossier online like here's Deshaun Watson's love life like here's what's going on. You just see like a couple pictures on Instagram. In fairness to him his entire body of work as a public figure, I guess since like Clemson, he's been a pluses across the board. Like he's like the face of the league. He's he's everything the NFL wants in a player, you know. And now suddenly, boom. 
Yeah, and that's and for me, it's like what I was talking about um, with my guys on our podcast was like I would love to hear a story about a woman from Clem about a woman from Clemson. Mm. Just because not not even like not even to justify the women, but to see Deshaun Watson's character outside of NFL standards. You know what I mean? Because when you're college, you're young. Yeah, you know, you make mistakes. Like everybody's made mistakes. I've bunch of stupid crazy college stories and so for me if you're like okay you're dating a girl and you hear a story of a football player you can make your assumption he could have grown but it's still a possibility like we look at chad wheeler chad wheeler has had chad wheeler has had a history of beating on women you know and what I'm no saying? one knew about that yeah and that's the cr- they didn't talk about that they didn't talk about that nobody talks about that you know and they're still not talking about it now, now. which blows my mind yeah no it's it's i mean the reality is that's because it's a black woman, but I mean, I didn't want to take, but it, the reality of the situation is because it's a black woman. Can you tell people what happened there? Just so that they know. Basically, in short, um, Chad Wheeler was an offensive lineman for the Seattle Seahawks, mm-hmm. and basically he came home um, and he had a black woman as a wife and or girlfriend, and he wanted his girlfriend to bow down to him, and she didn't, and he basically pummeled her. Like, Jesus Christ. Like he pummeled her, and then when she woke up, and that's what he said. Too. Yeah, I think he was like, "Oh, you're gonna bow to me, bitch," yeah. or something. Like he, he's, yeah, he's got problems. And then. the craziest thing is, what made it worse was like he, she woke up and she was unconscious, and he was there chilling, eating whatever, doing yeah. whatever. And he was like, "Oh, I'm surprised you're alive." And it's yeah. like we look at this, and it's like, okay, so nobody's talking about this, but everybody was talking about Ray Rice. Everybody was talking about yep. Greg Hardy. You know, um, the kicker from the New York Giants. Nobody's talk. Nobody was talking about him. Well, let me ask this real fast, and I also don't, I don't even know that I disagree with your assertion there, and I never even thought about it from the angle of like, oh, the victim was a black woman, too, but I would look at it, if I were looking at it from that angle first, I'd look at it and be like, oh, Chad Wheeler's a white guy, right? Yeah. I think it's more, possibly, who knows, the fact that, like, who did you name right there? You named Ray Rice, Greg Hardy, and Deshaun Watson. What Mm -hmm. do they all have in common? They're all fucking phenomenal football players. That is top, true. Top of class at their position. Defensive end, running back, and quarterback. Chad Wheeler sucked. Like, he, he was not a great player at all. Like, I, he didn't even start. He was on the Giants for a while. I remember his rookie year, I was at a game, and no one knew who he was at the time. But me and my buddy at, at the game were literally right above him on the sideline and we're making fun of him the whole time because it just looked like the lights are on, were on and no one was home. And you would never think, like, someone like that is, like, this kind of guy but yeah i mean i felt like it was my my issue was up front they didn't report on it loudly or enough at all nobody said nobody was gonna say anything they said like you know espn had a quick story on it and then yeah. number two like okay if he's not as big of a player and now his career is over obviously as it should yeah. be it's gonna go away but would it go away if it was someone else i don't know my my my, my thing is you you bring up a good point um the reality situation is that yeah, Ray Rice was a great football player. Um, Sean Watson's a great football player. Greg, Greg Hardy's a great football player. But the reality situation is that it, it shouldn't be the case that because you're a great football player, you get all the attention. There should be attention Agreed. on you no matter what. Agreed. Because it's like let's look at college football players. College football players they get all the attention, but it's like they can still go and get a job because okay, I play college football. And my thing is that I don't want it to be a situation where Chad Wheeler can just be like, you know what? I disappear for three, four years. I live with my parents and I come out and I go work and I sell cars. And now I'm A-OK. I could work at a car dealership. And that's where that's where I look at it as like Ray Rice has not recovered. 
You know what I'm saying? Ray Rice is like the the cover boy for domestic violence in the league. Greg Hardy, I mean, Greg Hardy's a shithead, but, you know, it's whatever. But it's like, I don't want it to be a situation where it's like, my biggest problem has been, and when you look at how the NFL is presented, there's just been a big problem with how black black skill players are presented versus white players. And for me, why, why I brought up the concept of um, black women, which I'll touch in a second, when we look at black players, like let's even look at Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Quarterback just drafted yeah, number quarterback 11. Quarterback just got drafted. Why did his draft stock drop? Oh, yeah. There's no there's yeah. no reason. Yeah. There's really no reason. Well, there there was a fake reason. Yeah, there was a reason. Yeah, there you was saw a the fake reason yeah. in the media where they were like, oh, he doesn't love football or something. Yeah. Which then when and, – and again, you don't know about any of these guys. Exactly. Like some of these guys you claim could love football might fucking hate it. I don't know, right? But based on what you are hearing from behind the scenes – Everyone at Ohio State was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because that was a legit concern, as it turned out, with Dwayne Haskins. But just because Dwayne Haskins came before him means that now Justin Fields is going to be the same guy. And and you can say, like, Cheeseburger at Alabama there loves football more for sure. Like, come on. And and my thing with that, and even adding insult to injury, like, why did it have to be Dwayne Haskins? Because there's plenty of other, there's plenty of other, there's plenty of other players that don't love football but still get drafted high. And it's like I always look at it as like. Do you think like, there's a lot of quarterbacks though that purpose like if they know they don't love football they draft them high? No, I just yeah. think I just think it's a situation where it's like if they like you and they think that you have talent or you know if like I'll be honest here like if you're a white quarterback they're gonna pick you like there's no reason why Justin Fields dropped that low and I look at it like there's been plenty of examples we look at Cam Newton people chastise Cam Newton as if. It's the reason why his career went the way that it went. It's his fault. It's not his fault. Yeah, he got injured. Those are certain things you can't really change. But the last the last couple of years of him in Carolina, it's not his fault. But we look at him as, oh, he doesn't want to play football. He's not this. He's not the same. He's not this. And it's like, why are you saying that for him? But you guys are looking at um, Josh Allen as this phenomenal athletic quarterback as if Cam Newton's not 6'5", or something. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's the fastest, the fastest quarterback probably the league has ever seen. Oh, Ooh, Michael Vick. Michael Vick. I think yeah, you, I'm gonna check you on that. I th- I think I think Lamar, I love Lamar. Love Lamar. I mean, he's nothing like Vick. He, I'm not saying he's better. I'm saying fast. You talking seen, about? You, you seen Michael Vick? I've seen Michael Vick run the ball, but I'm saying like, do you see? I'll I'll say this. Lamar Jackson is a lot more. He's a lot more elusive than Michael. Vick. I'll say that. All right, I don't want to get sidebar. We're gonna come back to that. We're gonna come back to that. But go ahead. But, this is this was a bigger point yeah, than who's but, faster. My, my my point is my point is is that Lamar Jackson when he first came when he when he was eligible for the draft it came to a situation oh you should play receiver yep you should play receiver and he had a good arm too he had a great he, arm. he always had a good arm in college it wasn't arm. it wasn't like oh he just runs in college he had a great arm yeah and the reality situation is like even now it's like oh every little thing Lamar Jackson. Oh, he's not good. Oh, he can't he can't pass. He can't do th- and it's like, is it really his fault? It's like we look at Baker Mayfield. And I love yeah. Baker. Baker ha- This is exactly what it, Jordan said something similar no, this, like, on like a different it. topic. Yeah, yes. it's like think about yeah. it. Baker has probably the best like let me not say the best offense, but he has one of the most talented rosters in the league. Hundred percent. And my thing is that granted, taking coaches out the situation, just ball. Yeah. Like just ball. And you couldn't do that. Like I love Baker. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, like, you had arguably one of the most talented rosters and you did not ball out the way that you should. And my thing with that comes in as why is it that someone like Baker can get 
he can get a pass. Um, Daniel Jones can get a pass. But Lamar Jackson, he has a bad playoff game. That's not even really his fault now. It's, oh, Lamar Jackson can't pass. Or Lamar Jackson, oh, he can't, he can't win. Um, Justin Fields, oh, he doesn't love football, apparently. And it's like, we have all these excuses for people that, for black quarterbacks, that it, it's just ridiculous. Like, Cam Newton is the, oh, he doesn't want to play anymore. But it's like, where did y'all get this narrative from? You know what I mean? I know exactly it's, what you mean. It's, it's ridiculous. It's almost like you can't exactly define it and say like, oh, that thing right there, this is how they say this. But inherently, you do kind of know. Because yeah. you like when you see these guys who last a very long time who were great, right? Because yeah. we can agree, Cam Newton won an MVP in this league and was a phenomenal quarterback. And he's still playing. probably still probably still could be. He is very banged up though, I will say that. Yeah. Now he's like that that man ran into every single defensive player for like nine years and didn't complain. Yeah, for That's sure. gotta take a toll. But either way, like you see some of these guys and they don't have this the I guess like accepted staying power. Yeah. Of, I mean, Tom Brady's a bad example, but let's look at yeah. the other guys, right? Like Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, um, Brett Favre back in the day, right? Yeah. So I agree that there is something there and that there tends to be this stereotyping that happens that for whatever reason we can't get rid of. And I think that even sometimes like people will, and I'm talking about like scouts around the league and stuff, they'll draw back to like, Someone from back in the day, like like a Jamarcus Russell, Russell. <laughs> who happened like f- fucking fifteen years ago, exactly. who also like dead ass. They knew he didn't love football. They drafted him because he was one of the most talented quarterbacks I've ever seen. Yeah. Right? You know, and it, that one just didn't work out that way. But like, what? Why is one guy becoming the example well, and the everyone, rule for? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's. I'm very uncomfortable with that, and it's hard for me to wrap my head on exactly like if they realize that's happening or if they're just like totally drunk at the wheel here and, and just kind of are content to continue whatever system it is where it's like, well, no, these guys are the safe guys yeah. to put up front versus the other guys. And not to bring it full circle in the wrong way here, but it's another thing that, that sucks about Deshaun Watson too because he is a, a black, black quarterback. quarterback who covered every single possible thing you want to cover in being a face of the league. And that's that's the biggest problem with that's why I said, you know, when we were speaking off like off mic, it's like regardless if Deshaun Watson did it or he didn't do it, the reality of the situation is that for me, how I look at it as the Texans have to sell the team. Um Yeah, explain this. Um to be honest with you Taking out what taking out whatever happened, the fact of the matter is that there was a there was a huge number of women that came that had to have come and discussed something, or you found out information from a large amount of women about what was going on with Deshaun Watson. Yep. And the reality of the situation for that is you knew. Because there's no way that you requested there's no way that he requests a trade. After you guys just paid him, he goes radio silent, and the next thing you know, your next door neighbor who's a lawyer is now the he's now he's now the representative for about twenty something women and That's Tony Busby or Yeah, Busby Tony or Busby, whatever. whatever his name yeah. is. He's the representative for all those twenty women and <clears throat> and nobody seems to like question that. Yeah, Jordan brought that up and you know, when you put on your tinfoil hat with it, that is one thing that is smelled from the beginning about this now there are like allegedly these text messages and stuff which we really haven't seen many i think he's only released one but 
or a couple. I'll hedge. Like it's it hasn't been many is the point. And we've heard from two women publicly, but there's like twenty five or twenty four or something like that. And we haven't yeah. heard from the others. But I look at this and what I never want to do is be like, oh, we're gonna get in a situation where where our default is don't believe women. Right? And I also never want to get into a situation where we automatically just believe everything we hear. It is a very shitty place to be because also like as a guy, mm-hmm. I come out and, and let's say on a situation where I see enough information or to satisfy me to make a judgment and I say, you know, I really don't believe them. Socially, that looks really bad for me. But we know that statistically, it happens. Does it really, does it, does it really look bad for you socially or does it look bad for you online? Oh, that's a great question. Are they different? Uh, yeah. <laughs> How so? Um, pull, pull that in just a bit. Um, it's different. It's different for a lot of reasons. Um, we have to understand that in real life, we actually have to look at situations. We actually have to go and assess situations. Um, the internet. The biggest problem with the internet is groupthink. Um, mm, love that. The, the reality the situation is that. When we look at, oh gosh, we're gonna go down. Oh, Jesus. we're going down this road. It's happening. <laughs> Whew, oh, Don't man. run. We're going. Uh, let me take a let me take a sip of water real okay. quick. Okay, we, get, we got a little quick intermission if before we get ready for the sweaty stuff right here. If we're going down this road, I know I can already hear Miles My, and Shannon are laughing their asses <laughs> off right now. Well, Miles said this was gonna happen. He's like, oh, you get moose in here. You don't know where it's going, man. I'm like, oh, oh man, I love this, that. This so let's going, go. Huh. Okay, so. You go on the internet. The first thing that you see, um, and I was explaining this, but you go, you you go on the internet. If you have 100k followers, if you have at least 10k followers, you're automa- Everything that you say is automatically word is bond. Like word is automatically bond. You can be if you have 10k followers, men are trash. You get 20,000 retweets. Oh. 20,000 retweets, 30,000 retweets. That was not going where I thought it was. Going. Oh no. Nope. Okay. Nope. Keep going. Nope. <laughs> so you come in. <laughs> And it's like, are men really trash? But why are men trash? Okay, men are this, 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 and this. But it's like, okay, how accurate is that? You know, it's like, oh, men don't do this, men don't do that. But it's like, okay, so who's raising these men? And it's like, you're going into this, but women, a lot of people on the internet don't think that way. What do you mean? Okay, go back for one second. Okay. When you say, like, who's raising these men? Who's raising the men that you're claiming are trash? The point is, is that... Oh, Oh, okay. Okay, I got you now. Yeah, and it's like you you go on the internet and people just run with the narrative. Men are trash. Men are abusive. Men don't do this. Men are disgusting. Men are pigs. Men are this. Men are that. Men are this. And it's like when you run into this group thing, it's the same thing on the other side of the spectrum. You have the women are trash. All women want is money. All women will manipulate you. All women will do this. All women will do that. You know, and so going into this narrative, it's like when we look at, say, Deshaun Watson, for example, it's like, okay. If 40 women were to come out and they were all on the internet and said, oh, yeah, Deshaun Watson did this before even the Texans and news outlets got this, what do you think would happen to Deshaun Watson? If they all had, like, you know, 20, 30K followers, they would believe it. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, they would believe it. Someone on ESPN would probably pick it up. Somebody on Fox News would probably pick it up. And then it's just it just runs from there with no fact, no, with no, with no backing, no facts, anything like that. And so the, the problem is when we go on the internet – People can say one thing or if a collective group of people say enough things, it becomes the norm. 
Yeah. And so the the biggest problem with that is is just really that groupthink is is really dangerous because it, it implies that one it gives it doesn't give room for opposing opinions. Mm. Um, it doesn't give any room for you to actually do research because you know everybody on Twitter has a PhD at some random ass school, <laughs> and they have their everybody seems to miraculously have their PhD in some type of egalitarian study or there's some type a term of, for that. It's called the blue check mafia. Yeah, blue check mafia. I like that. I like that blue check. I like. <laughs> yes, that. yes, I hear you. And it's like that's the biggest problem because it's like when you actually really meet with somebody who reads books or you know discusses things, it becomes a problem. Um and yeah that that's that's groupthink in a nutshell. This, but you started that with the social versus the internet. So what you're saying is that groupthink that occurs on the internet is very separate from the real world. And are you implying that it doesn't necessarily happen in the real world? No, it happens in the real world. I was gonna world. say there, yeah. there's certain there's certain cases. I mean, I'll pick one because you know I love it. Like uh, religion, for example. In religion, there it it's unsaid, but it's there. You know. Oh yeah. And it's like when you have that group think in a particular environment, it makes other people uncomfortable um, and opposing views are not. And when you have an opposing view, it makes people really, really, really uncomfortable. And I think that in real life, for the most part, if you're working 40 hours a week, nobody really gives a shit. People really look at things objectively because that's what we do for work. Um, that's what I do for work. My job is a very objective job. So it's like I'm not going to sit here and just be like, oh, my gosh, X, Y, and Z happened. I'm just going to believe it. Um, and I think that that's what people really need to understand that it's like we all can't be subjective just because of our experiences or our anecdotal experiences. Like just because you can project your your trauma onto the Internet doesn't mean you can project it onto people in real life. It doesn't life doesn't work like that. You know, well, I think it also creates the for everything. And, you know, we started this talking about women and and you know the, what the term for some of the stuff you're talking about is, is virtue signaling yeah. right like people if if they're above 10k followers as you said they're going to put out the men are trash tweet and suddenly boom twenty thousand retweets to grow another five thousand followers it's like it's incentivized right yeah. because if you say something that shakes the boat oh maybe you'll lose some followers in the algorithm this voracious algorithm that yeah. we all feed is my friend ashton larold says it'll punish you for that but looking at it a little bit more objectively on on the outside, I, I think that a lot of the people who say things online to virtue signal do bring that into the real world too. And so we have a, an enormous lack of conversation on it. Now, if you're on an app like Clubhouse or something like that and people are going into rooms where it's on the internet still, that is online, right? It's just because you're talking, it is online. People, moderators can kick people out, you know, uh, People can leave the room whenever they want. It, there is there is an enormous space for people to be on guard and say, oh, everything I say is going to be judged by the internet right now. Whereas in private, they might be different. I could agree with you there. I just think that a lot of these PhDs you talk about in their bios on Twitter, mm -hmm. they drag a lot of that thought process. I mean, in that case, like into the college classrooms too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, to talk real quick, uh, I mean, uh, I guess you're right with Clubhouse. I just think that with Clubhouse, Clubhouse is basically Twitter is basically Twitter with boundaries. Like it's like if you're in a room and you want to have a, con a contradictory opinion, people are just gonna kick you out. Hundred percent. And it's like yeah, I, that's I, a problem. Yeah, I've been in those rooms. I've you've been kicked out of some rooms. Have I been kicked out of a room before? Uh, I got to think yes. you've been kicked out. Of actually, a room. yes. I've that's a compliment, by the way. It, thank you. I think, but I didn't even say anything actually. Um, it was, so I'm Greek, right? I joined a fraternity in college and 
everybody was giving out stories. Oh my gosh, I wanted to join X organization and <laughs> we're going to come and talk about them because they're not good for the black community. They're not this, they're not this, they're not that. And I'm like, so you guys came on here, willingly came on here to talk about organizations that didn't choose you for whatever reason that they saw fit to say, oh yeah, you guys are not great for the community. After most of the people and most of the black leaders and thought leaders that have pushed this society forward are a part of black Greek letter organizations. And it's like, for me, it goes back to my thing of like, it's Twitter with boundaries or it's, it's Twitter for it. How do I say this? It's like, it's a crazy house for Twitter people. I'll just put it like that. Cause it's like, if you don't think the same it's like, oh, well you don't, you can't be in here. Like going back to that room. It's like, I'm Greek and I was going to go and talk about it. They found, they literally searched all my social media and found out I was Greek and kicked me out. <laughs> I was just like, okay, that's this is how it sh-. happened. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, you guys are childish. Like I don't, it, that yeah, that's that's the concern. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I and that what do you say? Twitter with boundaries. Twitter with boundaries. Crazy yeah. house for Twitter people. Like I, I don't know. It's just it it, it it's irritating because you don't want to be like. And this pull is that, if you. I'm sorry. If you just pull up a oh, little up, bit. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Because you're talking about. Yeah, oh, okay. So my my thing is that what irritates me the biggest, what irritates me the most about just this in general is just people go on to Twitter. They take in information. And like you said, they run with this information outside, mm-hmm. and this creates biggest problems. Like, we have this whole egalitarian or gender war problem going on on the internet. Men are trash, women are trash, and it's like everybody's just became the opposite version of themselves. You have the Twitter feminists who have who who believed in commoditized sex. You have the red they believe pe- in what commodi- commodity sex, I guess, because sex has become a commodity. I guess that's oh, okay. Best way. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Sex has become gotcha. a commodity yep. for, for, for feminists. OnlyFans is cool. All these different things are cool. You have the red pill guys who are like, oh, hey, um, I don't, I don't, I don't think you should talk to women. All women are evil. All women will cheat on you. All women will manipulate you. They will leave you do all this. And it's like, you guys sound exactly the same. Like, and the reality of the situation is you've taken in so much negative content that you take this out to the real world and you apply this to real life situations. And most of the time, it's not even really, it's not even really shit that goes on in real life. So you're, I I just understood that. I think you're saying like, it's not necessarily like they're saying the same things. They're saying different things, but they sound the same because their attitude about shit is completely off one end of the spectrum and insane. Yeah. They're both, they're both talking. Yes and no. Like, yeah, they're both, they both sound insane, but they both equally, have a common agenda which is basically to blame the other person instead of looking into yes. yourself it's like hey men are trash okay so all all 3.5 billion men on the earth are trash yeah see and it's a generalization yeah generalizations are one of the biggest problems we have and i sometimes i will say something and i'll be like that's a generalization yeah. i like checking that because i want people to be clear when i'm not just I'm not trying to paint with the broadish brush on everything. Sometimes exactly. it makes just a conversation easier to say, hey, these types of people are more likely to think this thing. Fine. But say that because it's not all of them. It's not and, – and we create this, this – I mean there's like a war between the genders in that way where we have to like check. Like for example yeah. here, we got to hedge or not hedge. We have to qualify Things we say before we say them when all we're trying to do is have a conversation exactly. to get to the root of a cause of an issue, right? Exactly. It's not like we're coming up here like, yo, how can we fuck up some women in this podcast and really make everyone think that they all suck? Like, man needs woman, woman needs man, and everything in between. I don't know why people can't just accept the fact that there are like some differences here, like just in, in what people like or, or what women like versus what men like. And the fact that, by the way, with men and women, guess what? 
it's a guarantee in life there are going to be good ones and there are going to be bad ones. It's how the world works. And that's just what it is. And I think it's just a, the biggest problem is that people have internalized having people have internalized the people that have opposing opinions and internalized the bad people that may not have projected their trauma the best. It's like mm. if a girl has been cheated on multiple times, using this for example, and every single guy she talks to, men are trash, men are this, men are that. Yep. Her anecdotal experience is proper. Right? Yep. You're justified in saying that, but that's not the reality of every single guy. And when you look at situations like that, some guys internalize that, well, okay, you call me trash, you call me this, you call me that, but it's like, you're not really trash, or there may just be things that you need to work on. And it's like, a lot of people take that into consideration. It's like, for example, some girl called me a bullet bag on Twitter. I'm a black guy, and you call me a bullet bag on Twitter. Like, like think about that. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm looking at you, and she it's- She called you a bullet bag? Yeah. I don't even know what that is. A bullet bag, like, you know. Like you sh- like a bag you shoot into? Yeah. What was the context there? No context. Because I'm black. Oh my it's god! It's because I'm a black guy, and it was Jesus a black. It was, Christ! It was a black woman that said that too, and it's like I'm not trying to make it a black man, black woman thing, but it's like when you see how people talk to you, and it's like at first I could have cussed her out, but I'm like I'm cussing somebody out on Twitter yeah. while I'm at work, yep. and it's like what is the point of me doing that? Yep. And it's like this is obviously somebody who has trauma, right? And it's like when they have trauma, people. What happens with people is that people like to crowd around people who justify or reinforce their trauma. And it's like f- when that happens, now you have the, st- the statistics that everybody loves to throw. Everybody yep. loves to throw out statistics, the statistics that prove their point. And it's like you have the statistics, you have the backing with other people. So it's like now it's like, hey, we're the we're the Twitter feminists. We hate men, right? <laughs> so now you have a bunch of guys who are like, you have like the Kevin Samuels who are like, hey, no, we're not doing that. Like, y'all women need to check yourselves. Y'all women need to do this. Y'all need to do that. Y'all need to do this. If y'all want men, we hate you guys. And it's like, y'all just have this big-ass war and nobody's going to win. And the reality is that we all need families. Like, the reality for me has just always been, you wouldn't be here without your mother and father. I wouldn't be here without my mother mm-hmm. and father. We wouldn't be here without a man or a woman. And my thing is that we're so busy trying to find the flaws in one another that we can't find common ground and go and heal and go and sit here, go to therapy learn to how to take opposing opinions and really just oh, learn yeah. about each other. Like nobody wants to learn. Everybody thinks they know everything because of Twitter and Twitter doesn't teach you shit. I think it has gotten worse. And this, this is saying a lot too, cause it was bad. I think it has gotten noticeably worse during the COVID pandemic because everyone's got a lot of time. Of course. They got a lot of time to sit at home behind their keyboards and type in uppercase when their voice in real life isn't even speaking in lowercase. Yep. And I empathize with some of it because, you know, when I'll see these comments on some videos I post, right? So if I put up a video on TikTok and it's on a tough issue, I will get people who call me a hero which, you know, I, I don't need, like, okay, you agree with me there. Great. Appreciate it. Let's move on. And then I'll get a lot of people who will be like, yo, fuck you. And they'll come at me hard. And to their surprise, the only, the only type of comment that I will come back on aggressively is when someone tries to say, like, we're reading a script in here or something. Yeah. I will aggressively defend the actual brand of the podcast. That I will do. But if it's about the content itself... I don't come back angry at all. I'll be like, look, I, I know it's a hard situation. Like, this is what I thought. State your case. Would love to hear it. And so 90% of the people never come back because they just wanted to get it out there and, and get their get their feeling off. But probably about 10% of the people do. And they're disarmed because they're like, oh, shit. Like, we were expecting you to say fuck off. Nah. It's like they wanted the rise out of you. And so what I empathize with is that people 
in this country and around the world, but let's just talk about this country for a second. They're very, very pissed off about a lot of things right now. And they have a lot of a right to be and a lot of reasons to be. And there's a lot of places where it's like, is there, is there even hope? You know, is there an American dream anymore? And some people are looking at that. They're seeing this wealth gap that's just continued for 30 years and it's affected everyone that what we're doing is we're taking it out on each other to fight each other. Exactly. And what I realize is that these people, that's an insecurity. <clears throat> yep. And they are taking out their insecurity and not just on me, on like a lot of people, yeah. right? And I'm one of the people they comment on. So I'm like, okay. They're not doing that because they really hate me or they want to hate me. Maybe they do right now, but they, they don't want to. They're they hating just, the idea yes, of what you are. And they want to get out their opinion to feel like they've been seen. And so all I do, and it's amazing how it actually works sometimes, is I say, all right, you're seen. State it. I'm good. Like, we don't, we don't have to agree, man. I'm cool with that. You know, it's, it's, this is, this is hard. Like, if we're talking about COVID or something like that, these are hard issues. Yeah. They're hard issues, a lot exactly. of nuance, and you talked about subjectivity earlier and like anecdotal experience. Yeah, I expect that from people, and I also understand it, and I accept it. And that's the biggest thing. It's like I don't have a problem. I've never had a problem with people stating their experiences. Like, if for me, right? Like we talk about racism. When I talk to a white person, I never experienced this before. It's like okay, I understand that, but it's like you can't you can't come to me and tell me that not all police are bad when I've when I've been pulled over and a cop puts his like puts his hand on his gun and tells me, "Yo, you need to get out your car," like, yeah. and that's a legitimate. I was going to work and the cop put his hand on his on his gun. And he's like, "Yo, like, you need to move your car now." And I'm like, "How the like? Excuse my language, but how the fuck am I supposed to move my car?" My oh, you car say whatever you want here. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I was like, "How the good. fuck am I supposed to sit here and move my car? My car battery's dead, and I have no I have no way to get back." You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and people can't disqualify that at all yeah you can't disqualify that and it's like when you look at those different types of situations i i i'm okay with that but what i can't do is that outside of certain situations it's like okay going back to cheating for example if somebody cheats on you if one person cheats on you mm -hmm. cool maybe it's a reality maybe it's a situation where the person may not have been okay with themselves certain things have happened mm -hmm. you have five people cheat on every single relationship you've been on you dated five people everybody's cheat on you okay so now you need to start looking at certain things like yeah they may have problems but what are you doing man or woman mm. what are you doing you know what i'm saying and like i don't want to use it as like a race thing either because sometimes when you have collective opinions it's like if all three point if 3.3 billion men on the earth cheat and women like all men are cheaters like you know what you might be right. <laughs> you might be right. But it's like, yeah. if a small percentage of people cheat, you know what I'm saying? Or a small percentage of people are doing something, you can't now use those small percentages from every from like the 5,000 anecdotal experiences you saw on Twitter and use that as law. Can I, can I push back on something here? Because I, yeah. I, I also agree with your point, but I want to give it the full context so that we can yeah. explain it. This is something I do think about a lot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, anyone who's been cheated on, it sucks. Like, it's... It fucking blows, and it's it's the worst thing. And you get mad at the world. You can even turn it in on yourself and be like, oh, it's my fault. And what you're not saying there is that like, oh, yeah, it's your fault that they did that. What you are saying is that for the people that maybe have that happen a bunch of times, they got to ask themselves – and correct me if I'm wrong here – they got to ask themselves, well, what kind of people am I associating with here? Mm 
Like, what can I do to avoid this before ever getting into the situation? Because it's, it's, there's no excuse when it happens. Like, it's their fault when it happens. But why was I with them in the first place? Why do I keep on ending up with these people? And I, dude, I think about this a lot because I've seen these patterns with friends of mine. I've seen, I've seen this pattern with, with men and women where they, they attract somebody who they just, they have a type, right? And so, yeah, when you get cheated on five, six times to use your example, and I've seen some of those cases, you tend to have a lot of insecurities about about the other people of that gender. It, it it just is a fact. And what happens is those people then, and you also said this, they get validated online. They get their trauma validated like, oh, you know, that, yeah, all men are trash in that case. Like if it's a girl, complain about it. And, you know, that, that sucks. And, and, yeah, you know, you go, whatever. And then they never even stop to think and consider the things that you want them to also consider. Yeah. And I think that, like, I mean, since we're down here, before we go to another, to a to another deep subject, because I have something else connected to this, but bring it. I, my thing is that I guess we're cheating. I, I think that people make such a big problem about it because people are always like, "Yo, why would you be with somebody if they're gonna cheat on you? Or why would you just Why would you just do this? Why would you just want to do that?" And it's like, a lot of times, like. I'm just, no, I'm just thinking it back. My ex, I, I didn't want this to be like a dating thing, but it is what it is. But like, do it. It's like, care. it's like statistics. Women use statistics about a lot of different things, but people don't actually look at the statistics of the early adolescence and early twenties cheating statistics of men and women. Mm-hmm. Most people don't understand that women cheat more than men <laughs> at an earlier age, and then it outpaces itself as people get older. But people will. But so no, then it flips. Yeah, it flips. People don't. People don't look at those statistics. People ignore those statistics, and it's like going to cheating. It's like my biggest thing is that you can work past cheating, and I think what the biggest problem is, you have to be willing to look into yourself. And it's like, what do you mean work past cheating? Like if you, if you if your partner if your partner cheats on you and you're with that person or whatever and something you know you want to mm. stay with that person. You can work past it and have a new relationship. Most times when cheating happens or when a lot of traumatic experiences happen or certain things happen, a lot of these things happen because you're missing something. A guy cheats because he's missing something. A girl cheats because she's missing something. And the reality is it's a lack of communication. And that's the biggest thing, Like I guess, that we've been talking about. It's just a lack of communication and a lack of self-reflection, a lack of self-accountability. Because if we don't, if we're not self accountable for ourselves, we're never going to be the best version of ourselves. If we don't continue to start talking to one another and actually have open points of view, we wouldn't be able to self reflect, nor would we be able to communicate properly. And if we don't communicate properly, none of the other shit happens, anyways. You know what I mean? So it's like that's why I say, like when I look at people, we talk about cheating or we talk about these egalitarianist like um, gender war bullshit stuff that we talk all the time. It's like, dude. Just talk to somebody. It's like, Mm. even to an extent with racism, like, yeah, racism is a terrible thing. But part of the reason why people think this way is because we've been conditioned this way. Like, we've been conditioned to think that to an extent, women women are superior or they've been projected to be superior than men and women are kicking men's asses and everything it's all it's been conditioned in media it's the same thing with racism it's the same thing with a lot of different How's things it, can you explain with the racism like draw a parallel between what you just said with women um so when we look at so when we look at so when we look at let's say let's go to tv okay um as a black man there's been a lack of representation on tv for black men sure there's yeah. There's no, there's no more Uncle Phil. 
There's no more Carl Winslow's. You know, there's none of those black fathers that we saw on TV. Dad from Smart Guy, um, things of that nature. We don't see those. I also feel like, and maybe this is a sidebar, mm-hmm. but I also feel like there's a lot of shows that they market to like specifically point out like, oh, this is this is for black people, right? So, and I'm not calling out BET there, right? Yeah. I'm calling out what was the one show? It was called like Blackish or something like that. Yeah, it was like shows ABC, like yeah. like like where they don't make it. Hey, you know, we have an Uncle Phil or, or somebody to look yeah. up to, and it's just like, oh, that's Uncle Phil. He's a human being, and he happens to be black. It's more like, yo, we we got a black guy here, yeah. and and here's the and it's because it's a black guy, you're gonna watch the show. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah, no, I feel I like, yeah, I think that like certain shows. I mean, that show's a really good show, but it, it got weird after a while. They started doing spinoffs. <laughs> Anyways, but it it was a good show because you know it was a black father who was present. It was a comedy show, so I didn't have a problem with it. But where my problem comes with it, and just like a lot of other shows, taking race out of it, it's like there's a lot of shows I don't really show how men should be in a house or how like most of the men that you look at on tv nowadays are really the comic relief like and when you look at tv like you always see the woman is the more serious one and the man is always the eh, goofy one you wow people don't really look at it like that it's like think of almost every show recently it's like the guys the the father's the goofy one the mother's the more the strict one you're talking especially sitcoms and yeah stuff like, that. like yeah, yeah, look yeah. at all the sitcoms that's just how it is and it's like when you look at that, it, it it affects guys, for example, and it affects how guys look at it. It's like, oh yeah, you just be the comic relief, you know, or you know, the woman, the the woman is in charge, happy wife, ha- happy life, and it it creates that stigma of okay, women women have to be happy in a household, or she's gonna be like this, and men, you don't really have to do anything except for work, or your feelings don't really matter. And for me, it's like taking that to a direct correlation to how racism is pushed. It's like when we look at when we look at how we look at um damn why did why did my mind just go blank? Um when we look at certain things of how like black people are marketed, um like when we look at TV shows, look at Netflix, Netflix doesn't in most cases, Netflix doesn't really have a pilot TV show where they have dark skinned black women. Most of the shows that we see on TV, all of the most of the black women are light skinned. You know, and they have this very, very big stigma. I said on on our podcast, we should t- cancel Tyler Perry because he's projected the stigma of how black people are in society. You have a dark-skinned black man who's the aggressor. He's the wrong one. The light-skinned, light-skinned man comes and save, saves the woman. This, that, and the third damsel in distress. Do you think he tried to do that? He Yes. You do? Yes. Almost every... if you, mo, A majority of his movies, TV shows, all have that. Woman is damsel in distress. Woman is a serious one. Um, light-skinned, fa- light-skinned, light-skinned, fair-skinned father is the good one. The dark-skinned guy is either irresponsible or, you know, he's the aggressor in the movie a majority of his early works are like that and it's like when you had when you had that diary of a mad black, black woman, woman was like that I yeah that. and it's like when you look at that it it creates this thing where it's like when people grow up and they see that it's like that's what they assume things are you know like growing up as a guy it's like okay there's no more carl winslow's or it's like okay well my wife i want my wife to be mad so i just have to sit here and just continue to just make her happy and fuck my feelings and in the reality, it's like going back to our cheating examples, like that's how cheating happens. Like you're so focused on somebody else, your needs are not met, and then that happens. And you, you're you saying that because this is the example we're shown in pop culture. Yeah. That that is then what, you know, when we're growing up and, you know, even when we're young and formative, that's the image that we just subconsciously create of, like you said, like, oh, we got to be the comic relief or something yeah. like that. And then other things, they're, they're left blank. Yeah. Do you, do you un- like, I'm not saying this to be rude, but like, do you yeah. understand why Steve Urkel is so notorious? 
No. Steve Urkel was probably like the only black nerd that you can think of in the 90s. Like right off the top of your head, when you think of when you think of black nerds, you think of Steve Urkel. That's the only one. And I don't have another one for you. And that that's the reality situation. It's like the nerd like when you look at the image of how certain things are projected, most they, like you you have a certain image. When we think of football, we think of Tom Brady because of everything that he's done sure. and everything he's accomplished. When you think of, like, say, boxing, Muhammad Ali, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And it's like you have these certain images of people. And so my thing is that when you've pushed this image, especially for us 90s kids, where there's certain things that we've seen growing up, it's like we have this certain mindset. You know what I'm saying? And that's why it's like for me, it's it's super – for me, it's always been super important that, like – we get fair representation, not just from a race standpoint, from just from a very like from a man and woman standpoint. Because in order for us to have a healthier society, we're gonna need men. We have to. Like men have to men have to find a way. Not let me not say find a way. Men have to start getting into the process of being able to express themselves, whether or not people like it or not. Because part of the reason actually actually no, we're going that, down this. No, no, this no, is good. Going, no, Keep going. This is a great view. So, you just unlock something. Men have to be able to find ways to express themselves. We move in, we've been moving into a society now where it's like we're we're at the point now where we're blaming we're blaming the lack of sex that men get as the reason why there's a lot of shootouts or there's there's been a lot of like um there's been a lot of violence in men. And for us to sit here now and say it's because of sex, it's a problem. Like we can't just like, and this is this is why I say we need broad to, brush. Yeah, it's a broad brush. Like, oh yeah, the insult community is the reason why is the reason why there's there's so many um, shootouts. No, it's not. It's not. Like, don't blame somebody that don't blame that because if that's the case, then virgins would be shooting up schools all the time because they don't get sex. They don't have any sex. Well, that is the insult community. I mean, most. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I want to say virgin. Uh, I mean, if you want to. <sighs> I don't look at virgins as incels unless they have incel qualities. Like, my thing is with incels is like, the problem with incels is that incels an incel is an in- involuntary in- celibate. Yes. Okay. It's basically people who, basically, in my opinion, they're guys. I'll, I'll use this. They're guys that lack self-accountability and they don't want to change in order to get what they want, which obviously, the love of a woman. Yep. And because they don't change, they do say certain things that turn women off or turn people off. And so as a result of that becomes a situation where it's like they're just angry. And my thing is that you can't broad brush the guys that are lack that are not accountable to say virgins, for example, who may just once again, going back to they may not gotten to that point where they've gotten that experience. Maybe it might be some guys who are trying to figure it out, but it's like they're not angry. Like part of the problem is that a lot of these incels are angry. They are angry people. There's no reason for you to be angry because you're not getting no ass, bro. Like it's it's like it like it's the anger is self-directed. It's another example of that. It's self-directed because they then blame everything else around them because they want something that they apparently can't get. Exactly. You know? And so we talked about it with something else earlier in the conversation, but projecting your insecurities onto everyone else. And everything you're talking about too, and I this has now come up on maybe three or four podcasts in a row, and it's come up on probably at least half the podcasts we've recorded in here because it is it is applicable to everything we have in society now, I think. But you're also pointing out how 
everything has an equal but opposite reaction. Yeah. And so that creates that zero to a hundred narrative. So that like, let's look at the all men are trash movement and like the feminism, hardcore feminism movement. Where did that come from? That came from women who were pissed off at like the bad men doing bad things. Yeah. Totally understandable. The answer then is not to then go to the other side and say, because all that happened and because there were these bad men here, you're all like that and fuck you, we're going to take power now. And to be funny, sorry, because I do this all the time, it's the same thing that they do with sex. Oh, men try to control our bodies, so what we're going to do is now we're all going to start having sex with whoever we want and start our OnlyFans and protect our bodies as if that's going to solve everything because, you know, it's not like we're giving men what they want originally anyways. Exactly But we're just want. making money off of it. But that's none of my business. I was just being shady. But anyways, continue. No, no, no. That's... <laughs> Dude, like, <laughs> I'm such an I, 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 I can tell you're like you're like what you're like sitting over there. Like, no, come, I, on, come on, come on, come on, come on. No, it's not even that. It's just I just my thing is I hate it because if men were doing the same thing, I would be doing the same thing to guys. It's like 100%. you can't be so mad at a group of people and be like, you know what? Because oh, men said that we can't do this with people or. I can't have sex with this guy or I can't do this. I'm going to have sex with whoever I want. I want and I'm going to make money off of it. But it's like, okay, I'll just pay you for sex. And you just still gave me sex. At the end of the day, it's the, I still be like, there, there's something about it, it. And it goes back to like power structure, but you know, you look at men and women, we're all equal. Obviously the one place where there is, where there is a different level playing field is biologically, physically, you know, males are built more in a more dominant fashion it is just science like it's what it is and so because of that you have the the quote-unquote power structure and it's it frankly throughout world history it did always affect things and now we're getting to a point where it's starting to not less and and that's why i bring in the point of okay the answer is not to flip the paradigm and suddenly have the women say we're in power and you know you're our whatever but you look at this and i always think about it from the realm of okay even if I go to talk about something like that, I get shut down because it's like, well, what are you trying to say? You hate what are you, uh, ex- exactly. You hate like, yeah, you're a male chauvinist or whatever. I'm like, no, no, no. All, all I'm saying is there's something about the structure there where <laughs> I always think of it this way, but something about a 3D object that <laughs> goes into another 3D object that, you know, is, you know what I mean? Like, I know exactly what there's you're something about that. <laughs> that just creates this whole like, oh, we got it, and they don't, and, and so then it creates the anger of like, oh, so we don't, you know what? I, I'm 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 speaking no, in tongues. No, here, you're not. You're not. You're not. Because it, it it's it's funny because I was always thinking about that where it's like it there has to be there has to be some type of like this is probably going this is, I'm gonna get we're going we're this. going let's do it. There, there has to be some type of psychological effect from consistent. And high numerous amounts of penetration. Mm-hmm. Like, and I mean this by like women, when when you have women up in that position, women are in a vulnerable state. Mm-hmm. So now imagine you being in that vulnerable state with a bunch of different types of guys. Mm-hmm. And when you look at that situation, this is me just freestyling right now. But it's like, <laughs> if you think about it from that standpoint, it's like you're consistently having guys see you in a vulnerable state or putting you in a vulnerable position and you know they just hacking away and for me this is not to say this is not to say like sex isn't cool you're free to have sex with whoever you want but it's like they're like you kind of have to consider like okay all these guys are doing this at a certain point like how does that affect you and how you view guys not from a standpoint of all guys want sex but from a standpoint of having a guy being domineering over you or being dominant 
You know what I mean? And it's the same thing with guys where it's like, you know, when you get enough ass, it's like you think that you're that guy. And it's like, it, it comes down for me, it's like, we shouldn't have to think that way. And I think that going back to the incel community, this is why I, I make fun of incels. Because it's like, you guys are mad because you're not getting any ass, but it's like, just work on yourself. Like, go to the, go to the fucking gym. Like, just lift, read books, do what you need they to do. They don't want to do it. Yeah, they don't want to do it. Yeah. And it's like, you do, you, you do that and you're upset, but it's like, the simplest of things will get you whatever you want. Just work hard, control what you can control, and just, always be self-reflective and always be the best version of yourself and that's that's just been that's just been my thing just about life and that's why it's like i always look at looking at the the red pillars or the manosphere and i look at the twitter the, feminine, man, the manosphere the manosphere what's the manosphere the the red pill community the insult community the oh god uh, yeah, yeah, yeah they're all over the place i call Ugh. it the manosphere but it's like i look at it and it's like they're two sides of the same coin because it's like a lot of people don't want to be self-accountable and it's like that's that's why it's like I always make fun of like either I'm, I'll make fun of the insult people I'll make fun of the red pillars I'll make fun of the Twitter feminists because it's like none none of you have realized that all this shit starts with you and the moment that you realize that it starts with you and you start doing the self development you get what you want we move into a better society we move into a society where you know we're not just always hyper hypersensitive to po- political situations all these different things that are going on it just yeah that's just really it i just want people to be better that's why it's like i it's like i just get so i just look at people just like yo like you know how easy it would be if you just shut the fuck up for six months just got off of twitter read books mm, read your bible for a yeah. lot of people meditate journal like yeah. in six months you'll be a completely different person and it's it's self-responsibility there i i don't want to lose that first point though that you're talking about where, where you're talking about you know a woman is in a very vulnerable position during sex and if they're having sex with a lot of men that's a lot of different vulnerable positions to be in i'm kind of restating what you were saying but not as well as you said it you're inspiring me to go to some places here that are a little dangerous but fuck it i'm gonna do it yo i'm a yo i i think i every everything goes here i told you this everything goes like we'll talk about it but because i i can't relate to that but i can analyze some of it yeah and that's what i want to do because we're talking about like you know, let, let's not to pick on them, but let's look at like hardcore feminists and then look at the males who follow suit online in that community Bro, that you talk I, about. I right? know those guys get no ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is what I want to get to. They get no ass. Because I'm going to focus on heterosexual women right now. Mm-hmm. And this is a crude way of putting it, but correct me if I'm wrong, ladies. If you are a female in bed or going to bed with a male, do, do you want to control him the whole time? Uh, Have complete control <laughs> and, and power the fuck out of him. No, you do not. This is what you want to do No, today. you do not. Oh, I didn't want you to You want here. a man. <laughs> yeah, honestly, and, and I mean this, and I'll say this in both directions for the genders, but both of you in a different way, the male and the female, want to get fucked. And you want to get fucked because there's a certain role for those things to actually have in that situation and so when you are a feminist out there screaming like oh you know we want we want women's power we want you know we basically want to make up for everything that's been done wrong to us by men bad men over time and in some cases like you're absolutely right about that and you should want to make up for it but not by going the opposite way i talk about because then you create these women and say yeah no totally women's power whatever and you know what they don't do they don't fuck you in bed because they're a fucking they're a child 
There's somebody who does who is who is so uncomfortable in their own skin as a man that they can't come out and say like, hey, you know what? There's a line with some stuff. I'm not going to go attack my own to fucking sound good to you because at the at the end of the day, you're not going to respect me for that because you're going to look at me as a bitch. And and they should, by the way. They should. And I think the re- I think it. Uh, I don't want to go here today. Uh, but yeah, that. <laughs> so, uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Deep breath. <laughs> if my friend, well, my friends watch this and they hear, like, oh, gosh, so he hates women. I'm, nah. <laughs> That's um, not, and, and let me hedge because it's my, not hedge, qualify because it is my podcast and I'm going to qualify for you too because you're on it. But that's anything we're talking about here. This, this is a very obvious world. Everyone should have the same right to go after whatever the fuck they want, regardless of their race, gender, whatever, religious background, whatever. All we're trying to talk about is where the skews happen. So where the, the manosphere, as you said, tries to say all this bullshit and where the feminist sphere tries to say all this bullshit. I'm not going to get with either of them. I think they're fucking crazy. So I'm going to call them crazy. And I'm going to talk about it in a way where I have to define some things that are some biological tendencies of us. So if I have to sit out here and say, yes, like women enjoy being fucked by a fucking masculine man. I, I, I don't think I'm going out on a limb saying that. I no, think that's not. pretty much a fact. You're not going out on a limb saying that. It's just the rea- It's just the reality of the situation. I think that most guys don't know what it takes to be that. And I think that... That's part of the biggest problem with like, and this is where I can agree. This is where this is where my problem is with feminists and a lot of women now. Group think the group think women that follow the feminists. A lot of women, I'll be honest. A lot of women want traditional men, but they want to pick and choose when they want to have the traditional man. It's the same thing. Explain that. Yeah, it's it's both. It's on both sides. Both men and women want the traditional male female, but they only want to pick and choose when they want it like guys nowadays guys want the woman that'll stay home raise the kids and fuck you whenever you want but they don't want to put in the work to sit here and have a woman stay home they would rather say oh i want the sex whenever i want but hey babe let's go 50 50 on bills this is and you have this is important man and you have to have the energy when you come back from work let's say if you work in a health field you work a seven you said work a seven p to seven a right before i wait before i wake up oh i want to take you to pound town and then i'm going to work (laughs) And then she's supposed to be okay with that. Yeah. Women want the man to pay all the bills, but they don't they don't want to sit here and learn. We're gonna go here too from a religious standpoint, learn how to understand that okay, a guy has his certain role in the house and there's a certain need for a guy in the house. And I I, I need I need a man to help me raise a family. I need a man to help me take care of the house the way I see fit. It's the same way with a man where it's like you don't wanna see the role that a woman is needed for in the position more than just sex it's more than just paying bills and when people understand that that's when we can have a better society but the reality of the situation is that we all just want to pick and choose what traditional roles we want and we apply them to our house and it's like the reality is the, the biggest reality is that men aren't getting no ass and they're miserable women are not getting their bills paid which makes them upset they go in there 50 50 they thought a man was going to be masculine but None of y'all know how to do that because everybody thinks they fucking know it all. And then when somebody tries to tell you, like Jerry Seinfeld said, we all have to be politically correct on how we talk to people, yeah. and people are just super sensitive. Like so sensitive. It's, man. Like you guys are like guys. You guys act like law as girls. I'm sorry, women. Like y'all don't have to be. I can do battle by myself, and that's the reality of the situation. And I don't think people look at it like that. And I think that's where like 
even the girl that like I'm on and off with right now, like that's where sometimes she doesn't understand where I come from. Cause it's like, I'm not mad at women because women, because women want things. I'm mad because a lot of times both men, both men and women want things, but they're not working to get it. Like if you not talking, yeah. Like if you're a guy, cause I feel like I've been shitting on women a lot. I'm going to shit on guys now, (laughs) guys. If you want sex, whenever you want from a girl, put in the work. Don't think that because all these girls saying that they love dad bods, all this shit, that that means it's going to work. No, they want a guy who's in shape. They want a guy who's fit, that can work, that can take care of the goddamn house. Like, there's no reason why your girlfriend's car breaks down or her tire pops and you can't fix it. There's no reason why you can't at least learn how to change your oil. Even if you fuck it up, at least you learn. Me, I can fix my brakes on my car. I can change my oil. I can change a tire. Like my girl was my girl was all the way like forty minutes away from me. I was like, yo, I'm coming to fix your tire. Fix your tire in fifteen minutes. It doesn't take that long. But most of these guys and it's don't. oh and it's oh and you're saying, I just want to make sure too. Yeah. You're saying it's okay because that's like the, those types of stereotypes are viewed as more likely for the male to be interested into it and take care of it. And it's perfectly fine for that to continue to be the case because it's not sexism or anything. Yeah, it's not sexism. Yeah. Like it's like I don't expect a girl I'm not saying a girl can't, but I don't expect a woman to fix my car because she's not interested in that. Most yeah. women aren't interested in that. Like when yeah. we even look at jobs, women are not interested in high industrial jobs because they're dangerous. Women value family time. There's a, there was a there was an article um, about um, it was man actually I don't even remember if I can find it, but basically in short, man both men and women went to the same job. Um, it was a working job. I forgot what it was, and basically the statistics showed that the woman took more time off than the men. And the reality of the situation Did is that sh- have to do with, like, parental leave, like maternity leave? Yes, 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 okay. yes, 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 okay. yes, yes. Okay. Which they, makes sense. Yeah, they took off. Yeah. They took off maternity leave. Some of them just took off just to take off, and they worked less than the men did because they valued family. Most of the people that worked in that environment, they valued family. They valued, you know, off time, personal time. The men were just working. They naturally worked more hours in that industrial area. So my thing is that like, there's certain things where it's like, I'm not gonna be mad if I see a girl knowing how to change a car. I'm not gonna be mad at that. Like at the end of the day, it saves you money. Like I'm not mad at it. But if you're in a situation where, you know, you're dating somebody or you're a guy and your girl can't, like if your woman can't do that, why can't you go pick up a book and go on YouTube and learn how to change your girlfriend's tire or change a spare tire? Like there should, there should be certain things that you should just be wanting to do. Not even because of a girl, like as a guy, like there's just some things you just need to know. Like I shouldn't have to call Julian if I'm down the street in, in Philadelphia or something like that, because I can't change my tire. And you should be, and here's the thing. Let's say, let's use that same example. Let's say you don't know how to do that. Like for whatever reason, never sat around and learn how to do that as a man man or, or female so again it's fine if female does this too but as a man you can take out your goddamn phone and go on youtube real fast and figure that out exactly. it, it is not hard I, I had one example with my car it wasn't a tire it was it was some some bullshit like on in under the hood i don't remember what it was maybe it was like fluid or something like that yeah had never looked at it in my life didn't inherently know how to do it it's like a year ago boom whipped out youtube five minutes later it's done it's not hard it's not it's not hard and that's the thing it's like there's certain things you should be able to do and that's another thing like for guys like i'm gonna be i'm gonna be on the guys now because it's like for guys like what women want they want you to take initiative and you need to learn how to take initiative into your own life you know what i'm saying it's like i i think the best way to put it is like this if you play video games 
if you play COD, you take initiative to find the best weapons. You find initiative to find the best location to be a sniper. You take the initiative to be the sniper, to be the person that goes in and hunts people down or puts in the mad lob or whatever the shit's called. Like, you take that initiative. So why not apply that same theory that you do in yeah. video games, playing League of Legends, taking initiative to go and fight um, directly, whatever whatever path you want to take. Take that same initiative into your life. Find your purpose. Find something that makes you money. Find something that makes you happy. And I guarantee you, like, when you do that, it makes life easier for you dealing with women because when women see that you're doing what you need to do, what women want, they just want to be able to come in and flow and be themselves. And the reality is that this is where I, this is where I can empathize with feminists where it's like a lot of feminists never got to be a woman in a relationship or at least the, the ones that aren't deranged. Like the, like a lot of them feel like, yo, I have to be the man in a relationship or I have to do this. Like I have to do this. It's and, not and, fair. And to be fair yeah. too, I want to, I want to be able to have this so that we don't broad brush something yeah i think there's plenty of women who call themselves like a feminist because they think that's what they're supposed to do and by the way maybe they are but they're not there they're not yeah like and and when i say there i mean like I extremists exactly, like yeah. trying to like take power or whatever whatever the hell you call it right yeah. and and they're perfectly fine but yeah. I, I just want to make sure we yeah no context. like yeah under that context yeah they just do it because it's like yo i want to support women some women just want to support women and yep. just be a woman but the reality is that because society has, because men have, because a lot of men haven't done what they've had to do in the past, it's come to a point where society has made women feel like they have to go and do everything. Yeah. And because of that, you now go back to group think where women do feel like they have to do everything and they have to support women. And how do you support women? By doing everything because you want to be just like your girlfriends. You want to be just like your girlfriends that are doing all this living by herself having doing all these different things and that's and that's just how we have to look at it it's like for guys it's like we just have to be on our shit and it's like that's just the biggest thing and it's like when you take initiative and you start doing things that you need to do as a guy it's like other things become easy like your woman is not going to argue with you if you're going out chasing money and he you're working harder than her so she don't got to work she'll never be mad at you for that yep like she'll never be mad. Your kids will. Your kids may not understand at first, but after a while, if you go down and you talk to them, learn to have a relationship with the next generation of men, they're not going to be mad at you for it. You know, and it's like I, I think that's the biggest thing with guys. Like I would always want to challenge guys and tell them, like, yo, like you need to learn how to be expressive, learn how to express yourself because that's super important. Um, you also need to learn how to be a guy, like do things like take initiative, do things, just learn how to do shit. Like it, it don't make sense. It's and, like, and you're, you're by the way, and, and I like this too. You are at face value of what you're saying based on what society tells us. You're speaking out of both sides of your mouth on this, mm -hmm. but you're right. I, at least I agree. I think you're right. Yeah. And what I mean by that is you say on the one hand, men need to be more comfortable with like expressing themselves and whatever. And also men need to be able to go do the regular men shit and they need to know how to do that shit and, and hold it down. Yeah. Because fair. Me, yeah. Okay. The reason I am bringing that up is because on the one hand with more expressiveness, which I agree with, you're taking more of a modern day stance of like, oh, this is, these are like things that maybe the feminists would say about men. Oh, you need to be more expressive, stuff like that. And then on the other hand, you're, you're taking the old school stance of like, yo, men do this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, there are different factions that could pull what you're saying and pull those two separate things in the different directions. And I think what you're pointing out and what I like to point out on this podcast is that you are creating the new, better, best form of man based on the information we have now in society 
and you are truly taking the middle ground with that basically saying like hey we're going to keep the things that did make us great as men right we're, yeah. we don't want to get rid of those yeah. and we're also going to add the things that made us lack as men yeah and you're also by the way when you're saying expression it goes back to your communication point with how relationships you know fall down over time or you know men and women can't figure out how to live under the same roof together yeah it's because they're not talking and so men have to be able to express and, and it works both ways too the women have to understand how the man is best going to express and that's just really what it is it's like i just think that like yeah that's really it's just communicate because for me I, I grew up in nigeria well, i didn't grow up in nigeria i'm like my family my family's from nigeria i grew up in a nigerian household um, and for me, one of the things that I've always noticed is that in Nigerian households, we have a very, very traditional household. And where the problem has come from is that the firstborn always suffers the most. Um, I was the firstborn. I suffered um, just from a standpoint. I'm not saying my dad wasn't, my, me and my dad didn't talk, but it was more so of like my dad wasn't the one who took care of the kids. He was just, a, I go work and mm. everything else would be okay. And the reality situation is that how that affects people is that as a guy, you want to be able to learn how to be vulnerable because that's good for your for your son or your kids. And so for me, looking at it, it becomes a situation for me where it's like, okay, what would I have wanted growing up? I would have wanted my father to connect with me more, you know, and it's not his fault because he didn't know how. Like my dad has had his own situations, you know, he, he's a, my dad is a G, but, um, but it's, awesome. it, it's like, I'm gonna tell a story about that in a second, but it's like, when you grow up in that, if you, when you grow up in that type of household where it's like, your dad works, you know, he busts his ass and, you know, he's not really connecting, not because he doesn't want to, because he doesn't know how it becomes a situation where it's like, you know, you would want that for your kids. You know, you don't want to have the overbearing mother, the one who has to do all these different things. Like, for example, like my grandfather, my grandfather, and I was going to talk about this. We going to talk about religion and politics too, because I wanted to get into that. But like my grand, Dude, you go wherever the fuck you want to go. Okay. So like, my- I do not care. Okay. So like my grandpa, so my grandpa, most people, I'm revealing this for the first time to a lot of people who don't really know me. My grandpa had three wives in Nigeria. And that was, per- that's, what's that it's, called? Polygamy yeah. or whatever? And it's normal Perfectly Nigeria. normal. Yeah, it's normal yeah. Nigeria. He also had three cribs. So, oh. every wife had a crib. And so, the thing is- Gramps with- was balling. Motherfucker was balling. <laughs> Motherfucker was balling. I'm going to get ripped for that, but still said it. Let's go. He was balling. He was balling. No, he was balling. And it's just like- what what happened was that my grandmom was the youngest of the three wives. So she had to she had to fight, scream, yell, do all the stuff to get what she wanted. As a result, my mom kind of took place of that and she did a lot of things that it's like, okay, like you you don't have to do that. And looking at me is like, because my dad's unexpressive, my mom's the expressive one. It's like now I'm the super expressive one. And it's like sometimes I may not do everything that a man would do. And so for me, when I talk about stuff, you like, filled the blank in. You're saying, yeah, yeah. I filled the blank okay. in, and it's like, okay, so it's like, all right, yeah, I'm expressive. I wear my heart on my sleeve sometimes. A lot. To I my didn't detriment. know that. I yeah. couldn't tell. <laughs> I couldn't tell. That. Yeah, no, I, I wear my heart on my sleeve a lot, and it, it to my detriment a lot. But the reality of the situation is that what I've started to learn as I grew up was that there's other things I needed to learn how to do as a guy, so that's how I could be self sufficient. Because mm-hmm. the last thing that you want, like, it's no offense to women, but like, woman, a girl doesn't want to take care of you because women are naturally nurturing people and she doesn't want to feel like she has to raise another child. Yes. You know? And so, have you seen the recent, I mean, I, I love thinking about this stuff. I have never Googled for a study on this, but I'm going to have to do that now that I'm bringing it up. But there's been a recent trend. I'd say like, you, you probably say over the last three, four years even, mm-hmm. and who knows, maybe it's longer. I don't know. But where women are very into guys with dad bods. Shit is so weird, bro. Okay. 
It's not weird to me, and I'll tell you why. Why? I mean, it's totally weird to me, but it's not unexpected, I should say, to me. Mm-hmm. I fully understand it. My theory is that they – women of this generation, so the Gen Z, millennial-ish kind of line, right? They are looking for a man, and they can't find many of them. And so what do they do? They think about their dads who have those masculine qualities. They were still – their dads, chances are, if they were children of the late 60s, 70s, and early 80s, they're still getting underneath the car and fixing the oil and everything. Yeah. They're still you know getting rolling their sleeves up and fixing the pipes. They're still doing the funny like – dadisms when he goes out to dinner and he's going to say the exact same thing that you can predict from a mile away to the waitress they're doing all (laughs) these things that the man supposedly is supposed to do over time and so now these girls everyone jokes man marries his mom girl marries their dad these girls are literally now hoping that if they find something who physically looks like their dad maybe that'll actually be a man in the realm of their dad just the basic masculine traits that's my little theory and that's what I want to know if I'm totally on base there or totally off base, in your opinion. That's an interesting thought. I never thought about that. Mm. I never thought about it like that. Hmm. Seen a lot of guys with six packs who won't get underneath the car. That's all I'm saying. I don't know why. The shit is weird. Like, it's not It's not a difficult thing to do. No. Like, it's like, once you know where everything is, for me, my, my philosophy is this. My boundary is I don't touch engines. You'll never see me touch an engine. I'll put in the coolant. I'll put in the... Yeah, that was an yeah. extreme example. Yeah, I, I, know, I don't know what you're saying, but yeah. it's just like, for me, it's like, I'll never do that. But it's like, I'll, I'll never touch an engine. I'll change the battery. I can change certain things in the car. Like, I could put in new oil. I can change oil, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Never, ever try to work on the engine. I'll never do it because I, I'm i not an engineer. Yeah, that's I'm not a mechanic. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the next level. Yeah. yeah. But Agreed. stuff that I could do, just do it. And it's like, I get where you're coming from. I think that's an interesting theory. Uh, hmm. Huh. Who would have thought? Right. That's a good one. Everything ties back together. There's there it, even if they don't know why they're doing it, and that could be males or females, depending on the psychological situation. In this case, I'm talking about females, thinking about men. There's there's a reason behind your eye wanting something. And so when you are looking around at society and now we've just and again, it's I don't think it's intentional. Like do I do I think that a hardcore feminist who's out there screaming men are trash? doesn't still in the back of their mind subconsciously want a man in in that case if if they're a heterosexual feminist in that way absolutely like 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 i i think she does but what she doesn't realize is that she's creating this this platform that then everyone has to agree with online right Mm -hmm. because you can't shut that down damn skip that is now potentially ruining the type of man you want and and stripping away from that platform. And that that's that's where I draw the line. That's where I'm like, okay, that's when you know you're going too far with stuff. So the answer, I, again, the answer is not to be like, oh, let's go back to the old way of doing things. That's ridiculous. But no. the answer is to go where you want to go, which is, okay, let's, let's what's the Bruce Lee line? Let's take what's good. Let's discard what's bad. Let's move forward. And that's just what it is. It's that, that's just been my biggest thing. It's like, I guess I'm not big communicate like, People don't ask me questions the way that you're asking me questions, so we don't, like, I never get to flush it out. But it's like, my biggest thing is that both men and women have their equal share of problems. I understand men as a guy. I understand how bad we can get. Like, we're the fucking reason why a lot of the world wars have happened. Like, we, we our egos... Pretty much. Yeah, our 100%. egos have, our yeah. egos have fucked shit up at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, a lot of times, women have been in the background in some way, shape, or form because of that. 
but nobody discusses that. The Trojan War. Yeah, the Trojan War. The Trojan War. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like we look at things like that and it's like, okay, we understand like guys have egos. We understand women. We understand that to an extent women have been put in situations where they have not given opportunities to be themselves. And it's, we have to understand that it's like, we can't just sit here and shit on each other. That's just the reality situation. We shit on politicians, but we can't. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. The, the shitting on, on everything is something I always say I got to check myself on too, because it's very easy to become cynical about all this stuff. Like we're right now really focusing on like male and female gender relationships. And like you just pointed out the politician stuff. I'll admit with politicians, I'm extremely cynical. You're more likely to hear me shit on somebody, much more likely, probably 90-something percent of the time, rather than say, like, oh, you know, that was okay, or, or, or it's whatever. Where I think that we need to turn inward as a society here is finding a new balance between criticism and progress, which it's a little bit of a complicated way of putting it. But, like, let's take media, for example, mm-hmm. right? The whole point of the press since whatever the 1500s is to to have a check of balance on on power right so you have in a country the emperor or whatever press if they have free speech which other places didn't let's just say they did they can they can check what they're trying to do so yeah. here with the president or congress the press can check that and so i love that where it goes too far is when we start to just try to check everything for this sheer basis of checking everything and add another layer below that what is the press the media it's a business which perfectly fine everyone's got to make money you can't do shit for free i understand that yeah but you are incentivized to check things more because we the people everyone we are more regardless of what we think politically or socially or whatever we are more likely to engage with things that go again that basically say fuck the status quo than we are to say hey so here's the report on the status quo today yeah i think that i i I think that's a good point i think where my problem comes in with media particularly is just that it's it's not i don't think there's a there's a check and balances anymore it's just major media outlets want to be right they want the most traction and they want the most money. And it's just like, my thing is what happens with that is people don't, people are not, how do I say this? You want a steady flow. You don't want, you don't want a, you don't want a tidal wave of people. Cause what normally happens is that tidal waves are not consistent. When you have a steady flow, when you have a steady flow of individuals that come into your, that come into your um, platform Reading the news, they come every like a BBC, for example. Oh, you get what I'm saying now? Oh, okay, I, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I, now I, the plane landed. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> no, so it's like you don't want like we'll use this for example. When Kobe Bryant died, everybody went to TMZ. Like I hate TMZ because TMZ wants to be first before they're being right. And mm. what's what's getting nasty is that they're getting the way that they're getting their information to be first and right is making is making me sick. And yeah. that and that's the problem. It's like you're first and you're right. But it's like, at the end of the day, I can never trust a TMZ for me to go say, hey, I want to go learn about fucking what Donald Trump did today, hypothetically speaking. Like, I'm not going to go to TMZ. I'm going to B- I'm gonna go to BBC. I'm going to go to, um, I'm going to go to The Economist. I'm going to go to certain places where I understand that they're reputable. Like, Don't t- you recognize that a lot of people don't go to the effort you're going though right now? Yeah, no, of course, because people don't fucking read. <laughs> but not even, you know what? I'll even take their side for a minute. Some people, it's like, yeah, legitimately they could, and they're just like sitting there and being lazy. 
Absolutely. But there's a lot of people like, you know, they got they got lives. Like they're they're busy putting food on the table or something. And very quickly they read shit and they read headlines because there's a million things coming at them. And so I get that. It doesn't make the problem any better. The the problem is a problem. But there's there's this thing where it's like we just assume everyone just wants to be not informed or wants to not go out of their way to do something and sometimes it's just like yo people are 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 busy about going about life yeah people can be busy going about life but then what ends up happening is that you end up going into a situation and you assume that that's the right information like my biggest thing is that if you're gonna just be about going going and reading the headlines choose places that choose the right headlines like fair for example you can't use you can't for me being a black man, I can't go to the roots the roots and say that everything that they go on there is pro black because it's not. Like most people don't know the roots is super, super small publication and they do it. They say a lot I know of, the root. Yeah, they, they say a lot of bullshit. Like and my thing is that I can't go there and be a black man and say, Oh yeah, I'm gonna listen to this and read what they're saying and or read a headline and just assume like Oh, I right. misunderstood what you said at first. Okay, yes, I I'm, got you. Now. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not just gonna go there to read a headline. Like if I'm gonna read about something, I'm gonna go to the economist and read the headline and read the morning Joe and be like, Okay, this is what's going on in the yeah. world today. If I'm gonna go, maybe I might read CNN, even though they're a little bit more blue, or I'm maybe Fox News, even though they're a little bit more red. And it's like Good I'll, for you. I, I I can't do anything. Yeah, no, like I like don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I go on. I don't go on Fox and CNN all the time. Like there's places I go to. Sure, like, I read. Sure. I read The Economist. You know what I'm saying? Um, I read like yeah. The Economist is like the the only one that I'm like. You know what? I go on there. I go on Politico. I go on these places where it's like they're trusted. I can't go on some random ass place. Like what makes them trusted? Um, what makes them trusted is that for me going to political, there's a very good balance of red and blue. And there's a very good balance of how people have their opinions. They have news articles, which is just strictly facts. They have their opinion. They have their opinionated columns. Same thing with the economist. The economist has news facts that goes in for every country. And then for some things, they have the opinionated columns. They have obviously like the economic facts, stuff like that. I had, I was an economics minor in, I mean, yeah, minor in college. So love the business stuff so for me it's like i like the stuff for me i like shit that's balanced yeah I, that's a that's the type of person it's hard I to find. yeah it's hard but it's like if you find it you find it the economists have always been balanced for me you know i can't like i'm not saying cnn's not a good place but because fox news is so terrible it's like i i, I might as well take might as well take CNN. you know you know what's interesting and it's it's funny you bring that up because i was just thinking about this this morning you know the news app on the iphone yeah so I guess when I set up an iPhone seven years, what eight years ago, whatever it was, I turned on the notifications for that, and I've never turned them off. Yeah. And I can't tell you the last time I actually swiped and clicked an article that came across. Like when I go, when something's happening, I go where I go. Right. Yeah. I'll go to Twitter and look at some. What are the biggest sources trending there? Start there. Then I'll go to Google and and work my own. Like that's just my process. I'm sure some people click the news ones, but I never yeah. click them. That said, for whatever reason, the iPhone still continues to send me push button notifications of every single thing every day. Yeah. And they are only from two places. I mean, I'm sure there's been one or two examples of another place, but it is always either CNN or Fox News. Yeah. And sometimes now I will screenshot it because one will come in before the other and I'm like, oh, here comes the headline from the other one. Exactly. And it's going to be the fucking opposite. And it's like or like totally different take on the situation. Yeah. And I'm like and, – and they're also clickbaity because they're headlines. They want people to be able to get the attention. I hate and I'm like – 
this is what people are listening to. They read this and they and they go, oh, that must be the news. And that's the and that's why it's like that's why that's oh, Jesus. That's why. I don't want to say this. Well, I'm, oh, oh well, we already here, <laughs> but we're already here. Dude, that ship that's, sailed a long time ago. That's so. That's so. That's the part of the reason why I've been so apprehensive about going back into politics. It's like I don't want to go back and work again for politics because I know that, like, oh, you worked in it. Yeah, I, I was a. I legis- didn't know that. Yeah, I was a legislative aide. No kidding. I yeah, I was a legislative aide in North Jersey. So was that for a member of Congress or a local government? Um, it was local government. It was assemb- It was um the assembly. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So I'll be like, I'll be like in the state house like once a month, like once twice a month. Got it. Um, I was there during voting sessions. They got good food, yo. They got, <laughs> they got good ass food. That's what, that's what you were there for. <laughs> the first time I went, the first time I went, the first time I went, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, this is real, real cool. Like, I was there when they were um when they voted in the fifteen dollar minimum wage bill for Jersey. Like, it was real cool just listening to them talk. Second time I come in, they're like, my my chief of staff, I'm like, oh yeah, um, tell me there's food in the back if you want, just let let the let the assembly people get their food first. I came in there. They got fish. They had rice. They had vegetables. They had juice. So I'm looking like, damn, this is what my tax dollars going to? Shit. Oh, my God. If this is the case, I might be here all the time. That's not going to be my priority there, but I respect it. <laughs> I'm joking, but it's like, it was like. For so me, you were into it, though. Yeah, no, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm into politics, but where my problem comes in is just like, I, I just. What year is this, by the way? Just for context. Was was this twenty twenty one? This was like twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. Okay, yeah. so not yeah, not like a long yeah. time ago. So it was like I I don't have a pro like I've wanted to run for office. Where my problem comes in is that I don't like being restricted, mm. and it's like depending on how you run, you have to like you're restricted to those people, and if like you're not necessarily agreeing with those people or agreeing with how they're trying to move. You're kind of stuck a little bit. So like my my um assemblyman that I worked for, he came in he came in through um he came in through education. Um to keep it real real. Actually, I don't give a shit no more. Yeah, I don't give a shit no more. He was a professor. Um he was a professor. are you allowed to say who it was? I mean I can't actually, you know. Yeah, know. yeah. let's let's give actually, the people the transparency. Yeah, I'll be I'll be a little transparent. I worked for assemblyman Andrews Wicker. Um, Andrews Wicker. I yeah. remember seeing those little signs up there. Yeah, he That's was where up, I lived. Oh, really? So, yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, li- I lived up there for five years. I just during Corona, I came back down here. Oh, that's awesome. I'll be yeah. back up there though. Yeah, no, he um, yeah, he was the um scientist. He was the scientist professor guy. So scientist professor guy. He, yeah, he Noted. was a professor at Princeton. He works at Princeton Plasma Lab now. He's an assemblyman. So yeah, he, so he's stupid. Yeah, yeah basically. He didn't know anything. Yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're but kidding, yeah, people. Yeah we're, yeah, we're really kidding. Don't don't go and send this to him. Yes. Ah, and yes. the next thing I get, a, I don't want a phone call, please. But not nah, seriously. Though. Okay. But um, yeah, I worked for him, and it was real, real cool. It was real interesting. Um, I'm I, I'm just apprehensive about it, just because it's like I'm not saying he disagree with anything like the education. I'm just saying like he came in through education because he was a teacher. Mm-hmm. And so now, let's say for me, if I wanted to come in through education, I don't agree with some of the things they're doing at a certain point. It's like. I kind of I'm not saying my loyalties to them but it's like I have to appease them because they got me into where I'm at. What was the word you used earlier? My favorite word. I'll tell it to you cuz you used a lot of words. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did. It's, I'm like, it's group group think. Group think, yeah. And and it's funny because I hear you say that and before you even said I'm apprehensive about doing it and gave the reason why which was because I don't appeal to any one thing. I knew that was the answer cuz I I cannot figure out where the fuck you stand because you're all over the place and i and you're now probably 
the fifth or sixth person I've had in here like that, which I love because I'm all over the place too. And I look at this and I go, this could be the next generation of problem solvers though that actually overtake this bullshit system we have because we have what you're saying without saying it. And I think you do mean to say this, but correct me if I'm wrong. Seriously, anytime yeah, I no, say something good. that's like, no, you're wrong, just tell me. But what you're saying is that these two parties on these millions of issues we have, I mean, they're in the millions, right? There is one, it is A or B, B or A, right? And and if, if you are on team A or team B, and we're talking about Democrats or Republicans, you must appeal to everything they have there. And if, if you actually do disagree with something, shut the fuck up and don't say it out loud. Because they will not accept that, and they will then all virtue signal each other to each other's parties by saying, like, oh, you're an outlier, fuck you, and they will kick you out of their little groupthink society. And this is my problem with politics because this is a ridiculous assertion in a world with as much access to information and resources as we now have. That's why I gave up on AOC. You started on AOC? I was cool with I liked her at first, but interesting. Like, I, I liked her not because of the fact that not because of the fact that she was a hundred percent right, but I liked her because she seemed relatable. And then I realized then she then she voted for Nancy Pelosi, and I realized okay, now she's being a politician. And it's like then yeah. I heard her talking about like um the cages and ice and stuff like that. And I, I like my, my biggest problem with Dems is like the the Senate Dems are really conservative and people don't really talk about that. Um, the House Dems are a lot more liberal and that's where they make all the noise and that's where all the people talk. But then it's like it gets to it gets to the Senate and it's like because they're super conservative, it's almost like damn. It's like they only do stuff because you know the House Dems have made so much noise. If the House Dems didn't really talk the way that they did, I guarantee you that the you you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between House Dems and the whole Republican Party. And my biggest well, thing, can I ask you this real fast? Yeah, sure. So when you're when you look at the Republican Party, I'm trying to get like a straw poll on this for what people think because now you know we're like four months into Biden, which more importantly, four months post Trump, right? And uh, hopefully, that's that's the last we've <laughs> I heard have of him. I, I think that, that would be, I think that would be beneficial for everyone, but. Anyway, we're we're past that era where, you know, he's the top of the Republican Party. So when people think Republican, they think Trump. Do you think that that party is still that way and is going to be that way moving forward, whatever that is? Meaning it's like defined under Trumpism. No. But I think that they – my biggest thing is that Trumpism isn't – Trumpism is basically what most of these people do, but they don't say. Like, like oh, Jesus. Oh, gosh. Let me put this down. People about to start hating me on this one. So here's my thing. I'm going to make a reel after this of all the times you had to like lean around. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck, I'm really – I'm really doing. There's gonna be like two <laughs> minutes of you doing that, and be like, "Tune in." That's the episode. <laughs> no, honestly, but yeah, nah. So it's like, so here's the thing, right? I'm gonna preface this by saying something really wild, and I'm Do actually, it. I'm actually glad Donald Trump was in office. Okay. And I'm not saying this because I support a lot of his policies, because a lot of his policies were from when he originally ran for office when he ran for president like i think like 2000 like the 1990s like he ran independent for like a, for like yeah. 60 seconds yeah I'm, but i mean the policies are still there you know what i'm saying some of them yeah. i guess i'd have honestly actually i'd have to go back and really look most of them were most of them were very very similar they were adjusted but most of them were very similar to what he did now besides I, 
so it's like for me it's like looking at it looking at trump i'm glad he was in office and i say this not because of the fact of like not because of the fact of i would want i would want somebody like that in there because it showed us it sh- everybody had to show their ass at that point um had to what show their ass what do you mean by that reveal who they really are oh okay so it's like what i mean by that is like we look at we look at the democrats right trump was in office trump trump and the republican party for that whole four years did whatever the fuck they wanted to do do you think uh, all right i I don't know actually i i disagree with that why because schumer and pelosi and you know what we saw this for eight years when obama was in there with mcconnell's the same shit from the other side Schumer and Pelosi mm-hmm. tried to stop every goddamn thing Trump did. And then, mm-hmm. to their credit, and trust me, I, I don't like giving the people who have been in fucking Congress and Senate for 40 years any credit. Yeah, no, That's saying. a whole separate issue. But to their credit, they took back the House and, and, and then eventually even the Senate yeah. in, in the second one. So, worked, I mean, I guess. And what I mean by that, I don't mean that in a sense of like, I'm not saying that like they didn't fight to get what they wanted, but what I mean is that like the the Republican Party was a lot more active when Trump and the Republican Party was in office. They did a lot. They did. They made a lot of moves in terms of like you know bringing in another bringing another um, Supreme Court justice, making tr- trying to repeal certain move, trying to repeal certain laws, things of that nature. So for me, it, it became a situation where it was like. I'm not saying this in a sense of they did everything that they wanted to do, but they were moving in a sense of this is what the fuck we're going to do and you guys are just going to react to it. And for us it was like one one they one Democrats had the house and you know one Democrats started having power. It became a situation to me it just kind of looked like they weren't really doing anything. They're just kind of talking. It's like you had the ability to change certain things but you chose not to. You guys kind of just were like, "Oh my gosh, we hate Trump." and didn't say anything. And so mm. for me, how I was okay, looking at it, it was that. it was more so like you're spar- put it like this: you're sparring with somebody, and they're punching you, and you're not punching back because you're just saying the same thing and not really paying attention to what's going on. Yeah, and okay. it's like for me, and that's that's what and that's what made me irritated. Where it was like, okay, you guys, you guys are in charge of the house at a certain point. You guys are doing. You guys were saying you wanted to do all these things, and now nothing's happening. Trump came in. He's like, yeah, um, I'm changing. I'm gonna fuck with China. Yeah, I'm changing corporate taxes. Yeah, I am going to start building a wall. Um, things of that nature. And it's like he just was like, "Yeah, I'm doing this. It's whatever." And then was, "You can't do this." Trump well, is the evil. Democrats didn't let him do some of that stuff. No, I'm I'm saying that they didn't let him do some of that stuff. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying this in a sense of like there was a lot more talking than not than action. If that makes sense, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm making sense on this one. I. You're making sense. I don't agree with all of it because I think they did. Look, if we're looking at it as the objective was to obstruct Trump, I think they obstructed him well, especially by the end. Okay. Now, look. That makes sense. Yeah. Now, here's the thing about Trump, and this is what always blew my mind about the Democrats and stuff because I, I really believe that if COVID hadn't happened – Trump would have won that election by landslide. Oh my God! It would have by been landslide. and and it would end like let's say it wasn't even Joe Biden, right? It was someone else, like some sort of better candidate by a landslide. He'd have won that, but he still was in the running after all after blowing a lot of stuff there and and a bad response and all that. Because what I couldn't understand is that why the Democrats didn't realize that you just had to let him talk. 
You don't have to just get out there and virtue signal and say, like, this disgusting man. You don't have to get on your goddamn soapbox and say that all the time. That pushes some people right into his arms. When this guy just is given an open mic to keep going, he's going to tell you to suck down a Tide Pod. Like, that's what it's going to happen. Look what he did on January 6th. Yeah. Because he gave him an open mic. And that's 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 where that's where I looked at things. It was just like you guys are taught like you guys I how do I say this? My biggest problem with it was I'm I was just upset because the Democrats showed their ass just in a sense of it just seemed like you guys were really more so mo, more so trying to just beat Trump than win a presidency and win and help a country and that was where i guess i was trying to say everybody was showing their ass like the idea for me was just like i don't like when people are trying to do things just for the prime objective of just beating somebody especially when it comes to politics welcome to politics yeah and it's like for me it's like you you don't want that type of thing because now we have joe biden i'm not saying joe, joe biden's okay but it's like my thing is that when it comes to democrats i look at them for a I look at them for a societal standpoint. I don't look at them for financial things because they don't they don't make sense. Like Joe Biden's doing a bunch of bullshit right now that I don't agree with. But my thing is, I look for I look at Democrats as when it comes to moving as a society, you guys are the you guys are the people that talk about society so much. But on the background, you guys really haven't done anything, and I want to see more action, like virtue signaling, basically. Yeah, and that's just my big that's just my biggest thing. It's just like with Democrats, I would appreciate. As a black man, I would like to see more action being done, not just for black people, just for society in general, where people can actually function together, you know, and it's just, I feel like I'm rambling right now, but the no, biggest, no, no, this is good. Keep like going. the biggest, the biggest problem with me is that like, I, I'll use this as an example. Like we look at Derek, the Derek Chauvin case, like the Derek Chauvin case, I'm glad he went to jail. But my biggest thing is that like Democrats for the longest time when you guys have been in office. Democrats have taken over most of like local office, um, state office, and a lot of the inner cities and a lot of the major cities. In city, urban areas. Yeah, in urban areas, that. yeah. Okay. Whether it's black or white, the society isn't good. People mm-hmm. die left and right. Crime is high left and right. And you guys are in charge of the society. Love they brought this up. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like nobody seems to pay attention to that. It's like, it's like we look at Philly. Philly's a shit show right now. But everybody's a dem in office. And here's and and this is where I get in trouble because this is where I stick my hand on the middle of the pulse and call it out and everyone gets pissed at me, but fuck it. That's the best example or one of the best examples there is where you bring up the fact that a lot of the ur- most pretty much all the urban areas in the United States of America have been run by Democrats for 60, 70 years, whatever it is, and we have the same fucking problems in many of the places and exactly. a lack of improvement. Where that leads a lot of people, like the right side will then use that argument and, see, and say, see, they have no idea what they're doing, so you're stupid and you have to vote for us. Yeah. And that's where I have the problem. Exactly. Because I go, okay, I agree. I, I haven't seen a good city politician in a long time. I'm sure there's been one. Haven't seen one in a long time. But that doesn't mean that the answer is the opposite end. Because the op- this is one thing that that – my Republican friends get pissed when I say this, but it needs to be said because it is not a compliment of the Democrats, but it it just shows a basic human issue here. 
at least the Democrats take the time to go pander and lie to the faces of the people in the fucking cities. Because that's what they do, and it's disgusting. <laughs> but the Republicans just fucking sit with their feet up on their desk and wherever the fuck they are with a newspaper open saying, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, you'll figure it out. Hey, you know what's funny? You know what's funny about that? The reason why I left is because me and Miles and Shannon had a conversation about this. And I told them, I was like, I'd rather work for somebody that tells me to pull myself up by the bootstraps than work for somebody that tells me that that tries to pander to me because the idea is that like as a as a constituent i'm a black man first and for me as a black man i've been given so many promises i've been promised 40 acres and a mule y'all barely gave us that i've been promised equality i've been promised i've been promised that you guys are gonna sit here so, and treat I, us I property. shouldn't be laughing at that but <laughs> no the way it, you said that was fucking funny. i mean it's true it's like you guys promised us all these different things and what have you like what has really happened from the democrats in our society like you guys really haven't done anything for black people it's like a prime example is, I, I don't know if you know him but like i was listening to an interview in a breakfast club with dr umar johnson and he brought I up don't know him he's a pan-africanist <laughs> What's a pan-African? Pan, uh, I guess the best way to put it is that pan-Africanists believe in the true pan-Africanist. Think of Marcus Garvey. Oh, Marcus Garvey wanted everyone to go back to Africa, right? Yeah, and yeah. so that's what this guy wants. Essentially, in a sense, yeah. It, more, I'm I'm broad stroking it right now. I feel like that's like reverse racism. I don't know if that's a term. Uh, no. What's what's, but, but well, reverse racism is like I don't even know if that's real, but. I'm, I get what you're I'm saying. I'm getting I above get what, my pay grade right now. But no, I get what you're saying. But you know what I mean? Like no, it's almost like, yo, you know what? We're it, it. It gives off the vibe like, yeah, we'll go back to right where we came from because we're not good enough. Like it seems stupid and counterintuitive. To it's me. not. It's not counterintuitive. It's it. I put it like this. We took a very very sharp turn from politics here, but I put it like this. The biggest thing. The biggest thing is how I look at it is more so about leverage, right? When we look at how the world has come about, like. In most cases, everybody's come from Africa, but the idea is that most of the people that are direct descendants from Africa have been disadvantaged in every way, shape, or form. Agreed. And we came here, right? We came here. We allowed Europeans to come in, take in African countries, and for the most part, essentially ruin our countries, ruin our nations for in one way, shape, or another. Do you another. think they fully allowed it, though? I feel um, like a lot of it was by, f and some of it, yes, you're right. Manipulation, because but, but a lot of it was by force. Yeah, a lot of it was by force. Like they came, like I mean, when I say came in and like things happen, I mean by like force. But like, okay, a lot okay. of the situation happened by force, by money deals. Like even my country, we like even Nigeria. Nigeria became Nigeria because of a business deal, not necessarily because whatever. Like we were just profitable. We got sold. And my thing is that. Can you give context there? Um, I don't know anything about that. Unilever sold Unilever. Unilever was Unilever was the country. I mean, the company I think that either bought or sold Nigeria. I forgot off the top of my head. Yeah. Unilever. Wait, wait, wait. Like you, like like the people that made like Clorox and shit. Yes. That company sold a, a country. Yeah. Uh, keep going. I'll pull it up on on Google behind you. Keep keep talking. Though. Yeah. They, they had a business transaction, and I, ideally, that's where Nigeria came about. And so, for me, we have these different things that have came... We have, we have all these different things that have happened to Africa as a direct consequence of dealing with the Europeans. And so, for me, it's become a situation where it's like, I look at it as, instead of us just doing all these business deals with European countries and trying to get aid while we just give them money, why can't we just take everything that we have and make it our own? 
instead of us as black people suffering in America right now, we're getting shot by the police. They barely give us a loan. They barely they barely even allow us to be in schools. Why can't we go back and invest our money, the one trillion dollar in spending power that we have into Africa? Because if we do that, it creates the leverage where now if we go home and we stay in that country, we improve that country. We don't necessarily have to stay here because the idea is that because a lot of African-Americans don't have a lot of places to go, they feel stuck. And the idea is that when you have the when you have the ability to leave, when you have the ability to leave a situation, leverage, you have leverage. So now, hypothetically speaking, in my hypothetical world, if every black person left and went back to, say, the the Virgin Islands, they went back to Africa, what's going to start happening? They're going to listen. Because what's more important... People that, here. Yeah. Okay. Like businesses, politicians, yeah. things like that. They're going to listen. Because at the end of the day, we have the money, we have the power, we have the culture. So it's like, if there's no culture... Snapchat, TikTok, all those bullshits are not going to be profitable. We make Twitter profitable. We make sports profitable. So it's like if we bring that all and make it our own, the leverage is there and they're going to listen because they want to incentivize doing that. They want to have that incentive. So the biggest thing for me is that like going home, it's not counterintuitive. It's just really more so about creating leverage for yourself. That's just how I look at it. Got it. I also want to give context to what you were talking about yes. and, and to start that off with the unilever thing yeah so i'll put this link in the show notes it's from neverheardof.co mm-hmm. so hopefully this is a decent source we're doing it live people so i'm gonna skip over there was basically a disagreement and this is like not a crazy long time ago either the, the end of the 1800s yeah. between the king of nigeria and the british government over some business deal so the immediate effect – I'm skipping over stuff. The immediate effect of the brass oil war was that public opinion in Britain turned against the Total Nigeria Company, which was yeah. some sort of company that was like the biggest part of the economy in Nigeria. Yeah. So they revoked the charter in 1899. Following the revoking of its charter, the Total Niger Company sold yeah. its holdings to the British government for 865 pounds – 865,000 pounds. That amount – uh, which is a lot of fucking money in today's range exchange rate. I can't even read what that number is. It's was ridiculous. effectively the price Britain paid to buy the territory, which was to become known as Nigeria. So that you're saying that that when the British government did that, Unilever was involved with them because yeah. it also there's this is a long article here, but the title of the article is how Unilever sold Nigeria to the British for 865. Which wait, it says how Unilever. In parentheses, Royal Niger Company. So Unilever was originally a... Royal Niger Company, yeah. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah, and that's like... And think think about... That's like 200 years ago. Dude, that's way less than that. It's like 120 years ago. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's like... It's like... Yeah. So, my... Look... I always try to think of a utopitarian world. And in one way, you just painted one, which is, let's say we all as black people had the resources, and a lot of us do in your example, and maybe that's also true, to just use that leverage, get the fuck up and leave and go back and form our own great metropolises right there across all these countries and and put all of our trillions of dollars into those economies that then build this whole new universe. What that does is it creates even more tribalism, obviously. Because it totally it just separates all of us. It, so I just and I, this is what I want your response on. My thought 
is that like I've seen the data where and I don't even know how true some of this is, but it sounds good to me where they've talked about like what year will it be where there will officially not really be a race anymore because we've had enough generation. You know what I mean? Like the majority of us will look like blank, which is like this new race that's a mix of a whole bunch of things. Look, to me, it's like the faster we get there, the better, because then we can't draw like we can't have people who draw lines on the basis of the color of our skin. You know, then it like goes out the window. And so when I see an example like this, like, oh, we're going back. That goes in the opposite direction. You know what I mean? It goes in the opposite direction, yes, but because of the because of how society is right now, that's how I based off my my theory. This isn't to say that at a, at a point like my theory would be obsolete because it probably will be, to be honest with you. But the idea, but the idea is that as African Americans, there needs to be leverage, um, or just even any race, because it's like the Chinese have leverage. The Chinese are a superpower. Russia's a superpower. Europe, I'm not going to say they're a superpower, but, you know, they have their own things going on. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it just kind of seems like a lot of, like, the Afri- like the African countries, a lot of the South American countries, a lot of these people don't have the leverage the way America does or Russia or China does. And what... what Because they don't have the foundation. I mean, did. yeah, they don't have the foundation, yeah, but also yeah. at the same time, we also have to understand that most of these countries were also just... They were essentially manipulated pillaged forced. yeah pillaged yeah that's a good word and it's just it, it becomes one of those things where it's that's like that's what that's what i mean by the yeah. way like they don't have that leverage because generations ago they were put in this cycle yeah and it's like and that's the biggest thing it's like for me i just want to create a place where it's like everybody has the leverage to be who they need to be not necessarily because it's like oh not because it's like oh fuck fuck um fuck white people it's like no it's just the reality situations that as of how it's presently constructed white people have leverage and a lot of the oldest white people in the country seem to have all the money and most of the most of the largest families still own most of the money and because of that we're not going to change because most of these people have very very old rooted stereotypical points of view about not just african americans but just about people and things in general how things work yeah and so we have to change it and so if you leave and you mess with their money fucks things up and i think that's the best way to do it like you always mess with people's money i always say it's like if you want someone to listen mess with their money yeah and that's just how i look at it i mean yeah no you're you're right um but yeah at a certain point people are going to end up not having to use race race is a, a a construct that was that was presented based off of the the idea of religion because most people couldn't really identify how so religion religion was the basis of how race came about and they say this because because everybody can be a christian or everybody can be a muslim everybody can be jewish or whatever religion you want to be they had to identify people somehow so they used your skin color apparently i haven't read the book yet i have it in my phone it's called the color of law no not color of law um i'm lying that's a different that's completely different book it is called, give me one second, library. The Myth of Race. That's what it's called. Myth of Race. And yeah, that's what they talk about in the book. And I like that title. Yeah. And that's that's just what it is. It's like, race is a myth. We all know this. Because at the end of the day, we all come from Africa. We just separated evolution, things of that nature. And so, yeah, it's, it's safe to say that religion has caused a lot of people pain. A lot of pain for people. So you were saying that the point was because people couldn't tell each other apart couldn't tell what religion they followed 
they'd learn to see the color of your skin and then be able to deduce what religion you you were in. Was that it? Yeah, essentially. Okay, that's really I haven't read the book up. yet. I haven't read the book yet, but that's that's basically what it is. I also watched a lot of Jane Elliott. That was the that was the um blue eyed brown eyed experiment woman who was older, who talks about race. I don't know about that. So Jane Elliott, Jane Elliott is a professor, or she used to be a professor, and she taught race, and she didn't ex- experiment with all her students with kids, adults, all that. Where it's like, oh, if you have blue eyes, you're not allowed to do this, or if you're blue eyes, you have to get your water last, you have to get your food last. Brown eyed people, you're allowed to go first. And it sh- and she was basically teaching race basically through your eye color. And so as a result, like when she was teaching like a college class, like some girl, like she had a freak. I was like, you can't do that. It's not fair. It's like, what do you mean? It's not fair. You have blue eyes. It doesn't matter to you. And she's like, she, and she's a professor. She's teaching. She's like, this is exactly what African-Americans deal with, or this is what people of different colors deal with. And so like, it was really, it was really interesting. And that's where I got the, um, the, the book, the myth of race from, I'm going to read it this year, but like it, it it's a, it's pretty interesting. Um, I've read like a sample of it. It's really, really interesting. And I think everybody should read it because like I said. Yeah, I want to check that out. Yeah, definitely. Because like I said, religion is the biggest, I don't want to say scam, but religion has fucked people up. I think religion has caused a lot of fucking problems in this world. And, and I am at the point in my life where I think that the bad has outweighed the good. And I think that, and it's sad to say that, and it's not broad brushing every religion and i'm not picking and choosing certain religions i'm saying that it has separated us in a way that i now see also race separating us and and this is why i'm happy you turned it this way because i I don't think i've been waiting to have the right context to maybe bring it up in a conversation and and go at a a big issue that i pay attention to all the time and tie it back all together let's do it and yeah i I think this is the time to do it let's do it you heard me whisper earlier about the wealth gap Uh and it's and it's by the way applicable all over the world of course we just have it kind of on steroids here yep and i i i see a lot of issues with how we stereotype race in this country and you're going you just said wealth gap why are you going to race you're going to see we speak far too simply in a way as just one of many examples, for example, as to painting a broad brush as if all black people are poor, which could not be further from the truth. It it totally delegitimizes the black community and it, it delegitimizes star power within it because it, it creates this assumption like, oh, no, 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 that that's where you are. So we'll help you out because of that, you know, and you can say that that's bullshit, but also still say that, hey, like in, for example, in our urban communities where there's a lot of, there's a lot of black people, there's a lot of Hispanic people. Yeah, those are poor areas that somehow exist in our country that have been put in bad cycles that we got to fix. And so, yes, like we can point out that like those people are more likely to be poor because they live in those areas, right? But when you broad brush it and say all of them, it now creates this this power structure that should not exist because the idea that someone who's black and someone who's white have different potential to use their their god-given talents to do whatever that's a construct what's not a construct is where there are some like social cues i don't think cues is the word social traditions or social thoughts that give a better advantage to white people over black people in situations right i think the biggest way to put it is just like the people who have money have made it so 
the people who don't have money can't get the money. Yes. And in most cases, it's been the majority of the time. The majority of the time, it's been the white people. And because the majority of white people have had the money and, you know, because of whatever reason, whether it be psychological or racist, they have put black people in a position where they can't get the money. When we look at things like redlining, when we look at situations, when we look at situations of ha- What's redlining? Redlining is basically a situation where they reconstruct um, political. They re- basically reconstruct. How do I say this? I'm, I'm like gerrymandering. It's like gerrymandering, like where they set the new district to be able to vote. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 basically yeah. It's basically yeah. gerrymandering, but for housing. Oh, okay. So it's not for all. Okay, got it. Got it. So got it's it, like got it. certain air like. Camden stays poor because it's redlined like yes. that. Yes. Okay, I understand now. So it's like when you have those types of situations, those places naturally stay poor. Yes. And so because of that situation. It's a cycle. Yeah, it becomes it becomes a cycle. And so it's like if you don't have the money, you don't really get to change things. Like, And that's the biggest thing of why I said it's like the biggest thing is opportunity. When you present people opportunities – to do well and you present people opportunities to get themselves out of situations and good opportunities not just shit opportunities they take it and they run with it and the idea is that there's so there is a lot of potential it's just there's no opportunity you know not everybody like people don't get it about poor people before we even go to religions like what people don't understand about like poor people is that people think that the easiest way to get out of debt or to get out of poverty is to work hard but it's not just working hard because you have to work hard you have to you have to work forty hours a week minimum for mm-hmm. you to make ends meet. That's if you don't even have a family. You you work forty yeah, hours yeah, a week, yeah, yeah. and then now if you do have a family, you work forty to sixty hours a week. You might do something else. So now you have to think about insurance. You have to think about all these different things. You have to think about oh, what if your kids get sick? Oh, you have to think about okay, you have to all these different costs and how you're living, where you're living, how you get to places. You can't afford certain things. Like there's certain luxuries you can't do because you're poor. You might just have to take the bus because it's cheaper than buying yourself a car and having to cough, cough up $200 to fix brakes out of your car. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, there's so many different avenues that being poor comes into that people don't really think about. And it's like, when you start to think about those things, kind of understand why people stay in the same place that they're at. They don't have the luxury to say, I'm going to buy myself a $5,000 car when I have a family that I have to take care of so I can drive myself to a 40-minute job that, that pays better. Some people can't do that. You know what I mean? And you're saying it's basically like they're constantly one, one step behind and trying not to fall too, so they can't ever get one step ahead in that way. They're in a system yeah. where – okay. That's okay. basically what it is. So I wanna, That's capitalism. But I, I want to tie – well, that's, that's a conversation we could have too because – and like just as a preview on that, my thought is that – and I get in trouble when I say this, but it's how I feel. I can say out of the same mouth that I believe capitalism is the best economic system in the world, but also that it absolutely has flaws, and also that there may be some flaws that aren't correctable, which is problematic. Yeah. What I don't like is when then people, because they get pissed at that system, and righteously so, yeah. righteously so they then what did we talk about earlier like with the democrat politicians in the cities so then the 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 argument is that oh well you must just vote for the other side yeah. same thing here when you then bring up like socialism to me socialism I'll, is a terrible I'll tell idea. you you're out of your fucking mind right socialism is a terrible so idea. <laughs> it kind of puts me in 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 a dangerous territory because i i don't purely say one thing or the other and then people are like oh where the fuck do you stand on it that's where i stand so take that as you will but anyway 
to bring all the the race theme and, and tie it back into the wealth gap, I think that the last decade in particularly has been like even the beginning of that decade, so before a Trump or anything like that, has been the ultimate symbol of the wealth gap that grew over at that point, by that point, close to 30 years, and now it's coming up on 40 years or whatever here, where we have seen the anger start to come to the surface, and it's come in a lot of different ways. But obviously, 08, 09, we had the big financial crisis and recession, mm -hmm. and not one single banker went to jail for that. Nope. And they got bailed out, and the rich stayed richer. And, you know, let's just call it what it is. Every single president since, I don't know, World War II, before then, I'm sure, who compiles a lot of their cabinets, regardless of party. A lot of bankers. bankers. Yeah, exactly. Right? So that's never changed with anyone. They're all at fault for that. And even though we had that recession, we've now had, what, three presidents since then? And we can still say that. So I see these patterns, and... I look back in 2010 into 2011, and in 2011, we saw two movements, political movements, form at the same time. It was Occupy Wall Street mm -hmm. and the Tea Party movement. Mm -hmm. I remember one that. was left, one, one was right. right. Yeah. And I say that in such major air quotes, and I'll explain why in a minute. For the record, I think that both of their ideas inherently don't work. Yeah. I'll stake my reputation to that. I think they're both wrong. I think there's aspects of what they both say that are probably right, right? But like if they got every if one side got everything they wanted, we'd have serious fucking problems. That movement was written off as oh these 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 urban liberals who are lazy and don't want to get a job mm -hmm. and talking about occupy Wall Street. And then on the right side with the Tea Party movement, oh these these midwesterners who are absolutely stupid and have no idea what they're talking about. Even though their solutions were radically different, they didn't realize that they were the same people and they let the media tell them otherwise because they had the same exact problems. Maybe different environments, but the same problems. They saw a world where things were getting automated. They saw a world where they had been left behind and hadn't been acknowledged by any government, let alone Washington, D.C., in decades. They saw a world where the wealth gap was growing. They saw a world where, to use your words perfectly, which is, a powerful few get the money and they hold on to it and that's just how it stays. Yep. And they saw a world that was completely ignoring them at every single level and they were screaming out for help. And I'll tell you where their screams went. Their screams went into two individuals and they were the two people that should have been the candidates in 2016 in the final runoff in the final election, Democrat versus Republican, and that was Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump. Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump have very little in common besides the fact that they were both born in New York and have a little bit of an issue with China, right? Yeah. That's about where it ends yeah. when it comes to their solutions. Exactly. When it comes to them identifying the problems, they were speaking to the same Perfect. fucking people. Oof. And they were answering all those fucking issues from 2011 that then obviously didn't get it. I mean, we had like Mitt Romney running in 2012, who was like a Bain Capital versus Obama, who's, yeah. you know he's more of an establishment Democrat, like kind of same old in that way, right? So now you had these out there candidates and Hillary Clinton obviously kind of cheated her way in there with whatever and, and then actually lost to Trump. Who knows? Maybe Sanders actually could have won. But 
everyone then continued to draw the lines farther after that. So then Trump gets in and we continue. Now it's no longer Occupy and the Tea Party, but we continue to go left versus right and drive this bigger and bigger wedge, bigger and bigger wedge online. You have to pick your tribe. And you know what? The other side's evil. The other side wants all this shit. The other side's going to ruin America. They're, they're taking away our democracy. They're, they're, they're making us racist. Whatever all the one-liners were. And to me, it is all the powerful people that you speak of, regardless of what race they are, and a lot of them are white, but just keep them as powerful people for a second. Keep race out of it for one second, and I'm going to bring it right back to race. They are all controlling these narratives because whether it be on TV, whether it be on the social platforms, whether it be fucking out in the street with other industries, I don't know. The same people run them, and the same people don't give a fuck about those two factions and the people who maybe they weren't in the occupying tea party but they were pissed off too and they're in the bottom 99%. The 1% doesn't give a fuck about them. The 1% wants to distract from the fact that they're the 1% so that all the people don't fucking come back to them and say fuck you and rise up against them and stop that system that has had this huge wedge of a wealth gap over 30 or 40 years. So what's the best way to distract those people? You fucking divide them along certain lines and do the most controversial ones. Go to race. Go to something where there's also some truth to it as well. And drive it deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and make the bottom 99% fight each other and hate each other so that they literally cancel each other out and, and quote-unquote in the game of life kill each other off in that way, air quotes, so that you keep staying right there and your wealth gap keeps going exactly in the direction you want it to. I concur. <laughs> That's it. I got you, you. Pulled a moose. I don't. You pulled a moose. Moose doesn't have what, any. Moose. What's pulling a moose? What you just did. <laughs> I mean, I just don't see why people can't see that. Because people, because people, people choose. It's because people don't want to accept the fact that they're being played. Sometimes people want. People want to have faith. People want to have faith. People want to trust in the government. People want to trust in society. People want to trust the churches. People want to trust everything. And it's just like at a certain point, you kind of have to see it for what it is. And it's like it, it's it, it's it's unfortunate, but it's like not everybody's a good person and not everybody wants to play the rule of, you know, helping people. It's why it's like for me, because I wanted to talk about religion because like that's always important to me. But it's just always been like the biggest thing about religion for me is just like are you religious by the way yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm a a christian i believe in god um read the bible for myself but one of the biggest things i've realized is that the institutions that have been put in place for religion um have done a very very bad job of helping the individual and helping and helping people with their interpersonal relationships um for me it's just always been a situation where it's like the church, I, I, I'll be honest. Like this is something that me and my girl always get, always debate over. Is like someone like Pastor Mike Todd, who I would, he, um, you know, Lewis Holmes. That that name sounds familiar, but I don't want to say I do. So think of so think of Mike Todd as like a black Joel Olstein, but talks oh, about God. relationship all the time. Okay. What and, was the other guy, Lewis Holmes? Yeah, Lewis Holmes. Okay. He makes his own he has his own podcast, but he was on it. I just thought you would know him. But like so Mike Todd, he he's a great guy, don't get me wrong. He's a pastor, he, he loves God. But my biggest problem is that it has been what ends up happening is that you sell these people a dream, which is prosperity gospel of like, okay, I'm gonna teach you 
how to win at life, or I'm going to teach you how to be the best Christian, or what Mike Todd says, I'm going to teach you how to win at relationships. And it's like, you're not really teaching them anything that has to deal with interpersonal skills. We're so focused with religion, we're so focused nowadays on being yourself or living your truth or living how you are. But, you know, for my religion, it's just like, just you're not following what the Bible says. Like, for example, like I was listening to one of my mentors, he's a pastor in North Jersey, and he was explaining that like in James, he was telling people like, yo, like you need to be a good Christian and you need to learn how to forgive and you need to not be like, very, you don't need to be angry. Like, don't be angry. People be a good person. Like do all these different things, be a Christian and forgive. We're not forgiving. Or we can't cut people off the way that we cut people off. But we do that because we've been taught by a lot of these, let me not say lower level people, but like a lot of these major institutional people that tell us, live your truth. Um, I can do bad on myself. Cut people off if you have to. Like some people are not going to make it to the top with you. And the idea is that going to religion is that the idea of religion has never really been about living a truth. The idea has always, to me, has been about you creating a sense where a group of people believe in the same sense of morals to help push society forward. But what has happened with religion is that a lot of people who are at the top, who are supposed to be these leaders, take the clout, the mm. money, um, whatever it is, and they abuse it. And it becomes a problem where it's like you're pushing an agenda rather than pushing what the message is supposed to be. People get married to what they get with the agenda that supposedly got them there. Exactly. And it's like we look at it as like we look at it as like the pastor that drives a nice car, but you know, people in your church are still struggling. You know? What was it? Olstein left all the people outside during the hurricane? Exactly. There's like eighteen thousand seats yeah. in there. Yeah. And it's like that's my thing. It's fuck like that guy. No, I'm honestly. I'm like, fuck that guy. No, honestly. And that's that's where and that's where I come from from where it's like you as a as a Christian, for me, how I look at it is People people automatically assume, yeah, the Bible is there for you to learn and be a better Christian. But as you look at the Bible and what it is, because um, the biggest idea of the Bible is how it's presently constructed. You're supposed to look at it and understand how you can work with God to manifest who he is as a person. And for me, I'll mm. break it down as best as I can. Um, when you look at Adam and Eve, right? When we look at the story of Adam and Eve, we look at it as a story of, oh, Adam ate the apple, oh, it was evil, it was this, that, and the third. But it was like, the reality was never really in the fact of like, hey, God ate the, like Adam ate the apple. The idea was whether it was the decision that Adam and Eve made. And when you look at it from a standpoint of the decision, not necessarily the the decision that they made, the, the opportunity to make a decision, that makes better, that, what I'm saying is better now. When you have the opportunity to make that decision, Adam and Eve didn't have to eat the apple. Eve didn't have to eat the apple, but they did. And they made that choice. And now what happened was that you had this situation where God ended up working with these people to determine what was good and bad. God was continuing to work with these people to determine what was good and bad. And what God saw was because the apple was eaten, he gave us his decisions of either good and bad. People have consistently chose bad. And so what ends up happening now, he brings Jesus Christ and he gives us what we need to do. And we have to collectively, as these people, follow these morals to push society forward. And as you can see, is when you look at the Bible and how it's constructed, hey, I'm going to give you these blessings. Or, hey, Jesus did this. Jesus did that. Right. You kind of see that people kind of re 
resort back to their old hating con con is it contempt contemptuous or whatever yeah contempt something like that they're old contemptuous ways and as you can see the way society is now that's how we move we've come from a loving society to a very indiv in individualistic society of how we are as a person um as people and because of that now it's like we need to find and this is why i always this is why like for me it's like group think is bad this is why it's like we need to find a way to just be a morally good people because things like prosperity gospel is not going to teach you how to be a better person it's not going to make you the money you want because those things were never really important in the first place you know what i mean and Wait, I, can you mm -hmm. okay now you finally lost me i was following it what, what do you mean what do you mean? So prosperity gospel was the thing that what's his face like does, for example. So prosperity gospel, yeah, prosperity gospel is this is this type of preaching or what he preaches. Oh, oh, right, 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 okay. Where it's like, yes, hey, yes. I'm going to teach you how to do this. Yes. And it's like they pick and choose certain things in the yep. Bible. Where it's like if you want to make it, if you want to make it to the promised land, you have to do this or you have to do that. But the Bible doesn't, in my opinion, the Bible doesn't necessarily tell you what you have to do. God, no, I got it. Yeah, and okay. so it's like what ends up happening with prosperity gospel is like people use prosperity gospel as this word of bond, but it was never a word of bond because it's not coming from it's not it's not coming from a genuine place. It's like, for example, when we talk about what's the best way to put this? I wish my friends were here because they could explain it better. <laughs> but it's like if we talk about get miles on the line, no, not even miles. My whole, actually, that's not even miles. I have a friend who who reads the Bible all the time. He's just like, but it's like the, the I guess the best way to put it is like love your neighbor, for example. Mm -hmm. And it's like okay, you need to love your neighbor, um, forgive but don't forget, right? But people don't tell you how to forgive and forget. Mm. And it's yeah. like it's like people are like oh yeah, forgive and forget, and it's like you forgive, you go end up being friends with that person, but it's like. You're not teaching people how to be wise and always remember certain things that happen to you because that's what the Bible explains for you to do. Like when we talk about choosing your wife, hey, choose your wife and do this, this, that, and the third. But it's like, yo, choose the right woman. The Bible tells you to choose the right woman. And what's right. Yeah, and what's right. And so, I mean, I guess I guess the point is, is that like the, pro the problem with prosperity gospel, it's taught us so many different things of just consistently following God but with no action plan to do so. And they pick and choose certain scriptures and they pick and choose certain things in the Bible that follows a, a message that a pastor wants to preach, but not following what God wants you to do. And I think that that's the biggest problem because if it's you do It's an interpretation that, thing too. It is an interpretation thing. Like, and I think people need to understand like what you're reading. Like pe people, like people don't understand. No, it's not even that. It's like, think yeah. about it. It's like what people don't understand is like, I always use this example all the time. People don't know that there's 14 letters to the town of Corinth that was written by, I think it was Paul or Peter. Like, it's not just First and Second Corinthians. There's 14 letters to Corinthians. And people, I'm, I didn't know that. Yeah, people don't know that. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, this Isn't is one they just do at all the weddings. Like, Corinthians 413. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what it is. And it's like, people don't really know that. And it's like, people don't understand that the Bible's constructed in such a, in a certain way. So it's like when people look at it like that, it's like, oh yeah, it's like Genesis is there because it's the beginning, but it's not. It's it's not. It's constructed that way for a reason. And I think that once people understand that, and I think that when we look at like everything, we start to look at how everything else gets affected. Like when we look at what morally we're supposed to do and morally be a good person, things like groupthink doesn't happen anymore. 
like situations like politics doesn't happen anymore you know um i feel like i'm rambling now but you know no i like where you just brought this I, i love where you just brought this actually because you're you're now looking at a world that cynically can't exist because yeah. people there are not enough like there are a lot of smart people in this world a lot of intellectually smart people in this world but what are there seven and a half billion people yeah there are people in this world that are not smart it is a fact of life i don't know what the number is maybe it's a billion maybe it's two billion but there's people who are there's not a hell of a lot going on up there for whatever reason and when you have that you are automatically having a subsegment of the global population that is psychologically and neurologically and IQ wise more likely to follow along with a given standard to say nothing of, by the way, all the intellectually brilliant people who psychologically fall into that trap. Exactly. You know, so you keep saying religion and organized religion. I don't disagree with you at all because like talk about something like the Bible or the Quran or the Torah or whatever the fuck the Buddha book is. I'm going to get canceled for that, but you understand what I mean. No disrespect. <laughs> you know, what do all these books or scriptures or whatever have in common? Be a good fucking person. Well, sure. And that's a positive way of looking at it. Let me look at a more negative. Well, it's not negative. It's just a fact. They're all written by a person. It's they true. weren't written by God, whoever God is, regard, depending on which religion we're true. talking about, you know? So what what does every person have in common? We have flaws. We misremember things. We don't know things. We say things that are opinion and inject it as if it's fact. All these things happen. So now you fast forward to what you're talking about with all the preachers across their respective religions and how they, they then interpret and put it out there. That's what it takes with religion. Religion doesn't just exist on it, on its own. It exists by the people who take it and interpret it and are the, the thought leaders in expressing opinions publicly for then more people to follow those leaders. That's how you get a Joel Osteen, for example, or whatever. And then some of the guys you brought up, what was it, Lewis Holmes? or Lewis Holmes isn't a pastor. He's a, he, he's, he's a podcaster. He's uh, okay. All right. Well, whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you get my drift. So I don't see any difference between that and culture, though. Why? So, not what you think I just said. Put it that way. Okay. Let, let's say, who's a really positive person in culture? Maybe a motivational speaker or something. Give me an example. Eric Thomas. Okay. All right. That's a great example. I love Eric Thomas. Yeah, he's great. I think that's just a great example because I happen to watch a lot of his stuff and listen to him and seen some of his story. And I think Eric Thomas is legitimately a very good person who kind of really walks the talk of what he says, and his life has, has expressed that. Even with that said, Eric Thomas, in a positive way in this light, leads a cult. He leads a, a, a some sort of a cult of people, and this is where it's a po- – and cult is a negative word, and that's why you're reacting like that. No, no, no. It was interesting just, that you said it like that. Nobody goes to say Just it. follow me on this, okay? He leads what I would consider a positive cult because people that follow him and legitimately listen to him over time eventually inject just just subconsciously into their, I got to want it more than I breathe, yeah. right? You got to want it more than you breathe. And, and lines like this, like you got to move, you got to step back to move forward, like all this stuff. And it's positive in this way. People could say the same thing about like a David Goggins and stuff like that, yeah. you know? And it becomes a part of who you are because this person repeated it repeated it, repeated it from their own experience and beat it into you. And in this case, a good thing. 
a lot of times a person can be coming from a place of pretending it's a good thing to beat something something into you. It turns out to not be such a good thing because they're full of shit. And like, what's an extreme example? Like way over the top example. Jim Jones with the Jonestown Massacre. Yeah. He convinced all these people to kill themselves. Do I think all those people wanted to kill themselves? No. Do I think that they were bad people? Do I think they were all dumb? No. No. They were driven there through repetition over and over and over and over again. And so with all the negativity of organized religion over time, we can then draw – this is why I say culture. We can draw across culture examples of where ideologies, whether they be personal betterment or politics or social opinions or whatever, get repeated and repeated and repeated by thought leaders who then create all these cults of people that then create your group think. And don't question what they're actually thinking because they're not actually thinking. I hurt my head on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's a very interesting way of thinking about it. I didn't think about it like that. I, I, I guess when you put it in a, in a perspective of when you put it in perspective of people of morals, you 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 do bring up a good point because ideally, that's why I was saying like that the constant the common theme between all these things would be a good person. Um, and for me, that's where, I think that's where the line falls in religion. Like for me, what I've started to understand is that one needs to believe in something bigger than yourself, you know? So you sure. are right. You are right in a sense of like, you are right in a sense of to an extent. Yeah. Religion isn't really the biggest thing that's needed in terms of creating a moral compass. But for what happens with people is part of being a good person is also knowing how to be humble. And I think mm. that in a lot of times with religion, religion keeps that humility there. Because, like, for example, when we look at Christianity, you talk about the fear of God. You know what I'm saying? And it's not from a hell, it's not from a fear of like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna die. But it's like it's fear of like, yo, like this guy can do so much. Like you don't even know, like, you just don't know. Who are you? Yeah, like yeah. and it's like a fear of like, okay, just like just be humble and don't think that you're better than somebody or better than something. You know? And so having that sense of believing in something bigger than yourself keeps you humble because i think that when you go out of it like part of you can have all these morals right and what ends up happening is that you kind of fall into a stereotype oh yeah like i have all these morals like, i'm such a morally great person this that and the third and it's like you cut your head gets big you mm -hmm. know and you don't want that and i think that that's part of the reason why for me religion is important because for me i do get a big head sometimes i'll, I'll use my personal example i do have a big head sometimes because sometimes i am i i think a lot like i could tell like we we're the type of people that we think a lot. But for me, what ends up happening is that what I've what I've come across is that a lot of people don't really think like me. So I can't really like when my head gets really big when I really question people about who they are and what they what they like what they believe in, it becomes a situation where it's like I actually need to find something to humble me. And that's where mm. part of that's where religion comes in for me because it's like I can only know so much, right? And I use I use this example. Um in the book of Job um after job after job complains to god about everything that's happened god comes down to him and he's like yo like do you understand like what i've done like were you here when i created the earth were you here when i created this where are you here when i created that and he explains to him, like yo like i did all these different things were you here do you know why I did this? And he said, no. And that's where Job humbled himself because he got arrogant because essentially some things happened. Um, and the idea was that because Job didn't know, he was he ended up becoming very, very humble. Like, yo, like, I didn't know. I'm sorry. I apologize. 
And that's what I think people need. Whether it may not even just be religion, but you just need to be humble. Because it's like, yeah, that's just really what it is. And I think that, yeah, just being humble is, is the biggest thing for me. And I don't think, like, a lot of Christians actually look at it like that. Like, we look at situations where it's like, we, like, I always say we because I'm a Christian myself. But it's like, Christians always have a tendency to put themselves in situations and put themselves in the middle of it and always have to... They always feel like they have to overpuff their chest as the morally right Christian. And there's no such thing as a morally right Christian. You're just a Christian. It's like we look at the Lil Nas X situation. Like you guys are upset mm, with Lil Nas this up. Yeah, like you're happy about Lil Nas X. And we talked about I talked to Miles about this, Miles and Shannon about this, and it's like the the the, the biggest thing is that you guys you like and this is where the whole media thing comes into play too. It's like, for example, we a lot of people don't know that Lucifer and Satan are two completely different people. Wait, what? Lucifer and Satan are two completely different people. I don't think I know that. Yeah, like Satan. So Satan is going back to the story of Job. Satan was first introduced into the story in the story of Job. Satan wasn't Lucifer. Lucifer is an angel that fell from heaven yeah. because, yeah, but Satan is a guy that came to talk to God in the beginning of Job about Job, and he accused Job of not being a true believer of God. So as a result, God took all of Job's riches to prove, to see if what Satan was saying was correct. When you look at what Satan means, Satan is actually interpreted as the accused, I think, in Hebrew, or the accuser, I mean. So now when you So look, who the hell is this guy? Where did he go? Who, Satan? Yeah. That's the thing though. Satan is a representation of anybody. Satan can be anybody. So, so like, who was he? Like he just walked in and talked to God? Like what's He the, was having a meeting with a bunch of people, essentially. He was talking like it wasn't just him, but it was just a bunch of different people. He was talking God was talking with a bunch of different groups of people. And then Satan came and said this about Job, this happened. So what makes it does that make any difference that they were two different people? It does, because why 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 that for me, not even looking at the Lil Nas X situation, but just looking at it from a standpoint of being a proper Christian is like Satan. The idea of Satan for me is like anybody can be Satan because Satan means the accuser. So you can be the you can be the Satan in your life. Your mom can be Satan. Your dad can be Satan. I can be Lucifer though too. No. 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 Lucifer is a specific person. Lucifer is a, Lucifer can be Satan, but Satan doesn't always have to be Lucifer. Lucifer is an angel that fell from heaven. Yeah, he's like yeah. the fucking devil. Yeah, who became the devil or the interpretation of the devil. And so in a lot of times... And, I'm so confused right now. Nah. But, but, but keep, going, keep going. So like, so Lucifer fell from from heaven because he wanted to he wanted to be whatever he wanted to be. And so as a result of that, he is known as the devil. He's known as Satan just because of how media has presented it. It's not because of the fact that he really has to be Satan. He's just, Lucifer is just always known as Satan because Lucifer is the devil. Okay. And where did you start that with? Because I got so focused on trying to figure out those two people or two differences. Um, I don't even remember. My anyway. mind's fucked. It's not but, a mind. It's not really a mind fucker. Just think about it as like. No, I just mean like we're we're going so deep on some on some shit here. That oh yeah, I nah, forget where we started. Yeah, no, nah, people people don't. That's my thing. I forgot we started too. That's the thing. People don't think about shit like this, and that that's my biggest thing. Like when you think and you read, you understand the BS that people tell you, and that's why it's like for me, it's not even about reading your Bible. Just read, bro. Like all this stuff you can find somewhere. Like 
I shouldn't have to see politicians from Texas saying that Lil Nas X is this or people just talking about Satan as if like you know who he is. Like the fact that you're talking about Satan and the way that you're talking about Lil Nas X makes you Satan right now. You get what I'm saying? And people and people just don't understand that. And that's just it is what it is, man. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to think about this some more because I'm gonna have to listen to that a few times to truly get it. I. I understand what you're saying though, because you're you're making the separation of it's not just okay they're two different people, but Lucifer is this deity who's a bad deity, whereas Satanism is or Satan is something that we can all project because it's an idea. Essentially, yes. essentially, that's the, okay. that's the best way to put it. But, in the story, in the story, in the story, he was a person, but he didn't have an identity, and the whole point of that was so. Whew. This is why I love. I love talking. I love talking about. Sorry, real quick for I, I love talking about the Bible just because of the fact of like when you really read it. It's the first me. time this really happened on this podcast. Yeah, because people yeah. don't because people don't read it, and it's like yeah. when you sit down and you read it and you actually pay attention to what's being said and you actually listen to other people who know what they're talking about the Bible. It makes so much sense, and it makes the Bible so much more fun because it's like yo, like this is ridiculous. So it's like looking at like. The story of Job. The Job is a part of like this this whole this this literature series called what the guys I listen to called the Wisdom Books. Mm. It's it's Job. It's Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, and there's one more. Um, it might be why I, can, I said Ecclesiastes, right? Yes, I did. Ecclesiastes, Job, Proverbs. It might be why can I think about this? Um, wisdom books, wisdom books. Sorry, give me a second. Wisdom books. It's Songs of Solomon. I was right. Songs so, of Solomon. Yeah. Okay. So, so basically, so basically, they each teach you something in a certain way. So when you look at when you look at Job, the idea of Job was. Job was suffering, and he was trying to figure out why he was suffering. He talked to three different types. He talked to, I think, six different types of people who explained to him that you had to do that. You did something for you to suffer, or you weren't doing enough, or someone just wanted something to happen to you. And so the whole point of Job was to explain that, yo, like we don't, you don't know. Uh, I got it. Like the whole idea is like you suffer, but we don't know why we suffer. But we Mm -hmm. just have to believe in God for us to understand that. Okay. So when we look, and then at, what was the context you were bringing up Lil Nas X in? So the reason why I brought up Lil Nas X was because people are like, "Oh my gosh, they were looking at Satanism. Satanism is so bad. Satan is the devil. Does that in the third? And that's where I was bringing that up from. Oh, because you're like you're calling it the wrong. You're trying. You're you're looking for something else, and you're calling it what you don't think you are. Yeah, basically. Okay. All right. Well, on that though, because mm-hmm. now at least there's a definition there. Let, let's call it Lucifer, right? In mm-hmm. that way, because he was, you know. Doing a pole dance down to Lucifer. <laughs> you know, I, I try to stay here with this stuff. And when we're talking about strictly pop culture stuff where somebody takes an artistic, a celebrity takes an artistic take on something, I try to not give too much of a fuck. And I, I haven't given that much of a fuck about this situation. Like, I haven't really talked about it with people. But, you know, I, I saw the music video, Montero, and, and this whole thing. And to me, it's just a typical... A, a typical celebrity going for some shock and awe on something, which he did successfully. Great job. And doing a take that's going to be controversial, that's going to create tribes, that then creates attention. Okay, fine. The other side of it, though, 
goes back to what I was saying maybe 20, 30 minutes ago, mm-hmm. which is where we have cultural cult leaders, right? Yeah. And so essentially you get all these people who are like Team Lil Nas X and then all the anti-Team Lil Nas X and they all listen to their echo chambers of like Lil Nas is a Satan worshiper and he thinks all this stuff and you know, that, then he, I mean, it was really stupid doing like the human blood on the sneaker. That was so fucking stupid. But that aside, like just focus on Montero for a second. Like now it's, now it has it where Lil Nas X is supposedly the leader of this movement because then he's just playing right into it, right? It drives the eyeballs. It's like capitalism driving it right to him. And so now all these people start to believe that like, oh, all these ideas we have about this video and what it says about Luciferism is actually, you know, it's like culturally cool, man, because it doesn't conform. And then the other people are like, no, it's the devil, whatever, whatever, whatever. And we create even two bigger factions out of that over time. And now people may adopt ideas that they don't actually have in one way or the other so i look at it like oh why can't people just like call it a fucking music video and move on but i know society doesn't really do that it's because people it's because people don't even know what the fuck they're looking at like the if you look at the music video it, it basically that's why that's why i made the distinction of satan and lucifer like when you look at the music video there was a reason why lil nas x was an angel he was standing he was standing like he was on trial, which which he said was a SpongeBob reference, but we're not going to talk about that. But and he fell down to earth, and the idea ended up being like he like he was Lucifer. That's why it's like I I was upset when people were trying. Oh, he believes in Satanism, yada yada yada. When he made the shoes and stuff like that, it made me upset because it's like y'all not even like y'all not even misquoting the Bible properly, and that's what makes me upset. It's like if you're gonna misquote something, at least misquote it properly. And it's like, what does that mean? I don't know, but it's just like it just made me upset. Cause like, yo, you're like you're not even doing this properly. Like Satanism, Satanism is completely different. When you look at Lu- when you look at Lucifer, Lil Nas X in a music video was Lucifer. It was like you were this person, mm-hmm. you fell, pole danced, pole danced down. You know, mm-hmm. you get it. But it's like it's you became Lucifer. It's the idea of what happened to Lucifer, and it's funny because it directly. It was a direct correlation of how people looked at Little Nas X. Because look at it. He was this type of person. People liked him. It was a nice music video. Next thing you know, his ascension to hell, I guess, in a music video was the same way that people kind of just labeled him Lucifer, labeled him this bad thing because he came out as gay. But they did that? Yeah, a lot of people did. Why? Wait, I must have missed that. I thought he was like... No, I mean, people, I, look, came, no, people came crazy at him because he, he ended up being gay. Because they're like, "Oh, you're 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 a leader for these kids. You can't be coming out as gay. You're this, that, and the what? third." What? Yeah, it can't. It happened. I know that there's like some old school like Bible thumpers or something who are like, "Ah, oh, this is a natural and normal." I've always come to expect that, but I didn't know that was like a loud thing. I thought it was mostly like, "Oh, that was Lil Nas came out and and we're all celebrating that." I must have missed that. I mean. Our age group did, but a lot of a lot of people that are older than us, or some people that you know the the foot the, the foot washers. Yeah, this is the, the what the foot washers. What's a foot washer? Foot washing Baptists. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, man. That's what drives the wedge. That's why we can't get to a place where where things like that are a nothing burger. In a good way, I mean that. Like someone should live their life however the fuck they want to live their life. We live in a free society. There's nothing wrong with with being gay in any way. That should be at this point like that's what I don't get. 
why there are still people who make it their hill to die on to define how people who live nowhere near them in many cases and nothing like them and are from totally different environments should therefore live their life when they're interpreting something like the Bible, which is supposed to say, like, be humble and love all, love all people, but then they directly interpret it and say, oh, like, shit like that is evil. So, I don't get it. I, I don't, don't get, get it either, but the question I've always asked is this. When when do you when do you when is the sin intolerable is the sin intolerable when they're worshiping god or is the sin intolerable because you don't like it like oh and that's not what i thought you were saying i like, thought i was gonna have to come back at that okay like, think about it like do you like if lil nas x was a praise and worship leader in church and he was gay would you be upset with him when he's leading praise and worship that he's gay does it matter then or does it matter if his boyfriend was sitting next to him in church oh fuck like and it's the same thing with the alcohol. See, like to you and me, it doesn't matter. But yeah, you know, like I guess you're looking at it from the perspective of the people who are casting the judgment. Yeah, it's like one, one, like so. It's like people, Christians don't mind, and this is where I, this is why I said like the whole humility aspect has to come in, right? Christians always overassert themselves, and then they get mad when people come crazy at them because they don't know how to read yes. a room. And it's like you do this, but it's like. You're you're upset with Lil Nas X, but you're not upset with the gay person in your church because he's at church. You're not upset with the so alcohol. He's conforming. Oh, he's conform conforming. Yeah, mm -hmm. I have plenty of stories about that. Yeah. You have you have the alcoholic who's in church right now. You're okay with him, but when he's out being drunk on the street, then you don't like him. You have the you have the prostitute. You're fine with her now because it's a Sunday. She's in church. Her legs are closed. But the moment Sunday night hits and you see her out on the street, now all of a sudden it's a problem. And that's where my problem has always came in. It's never been about people are sinning. But when do people and when do Christians feel comfortable with tolerating sin? Because at the end of the day, you can't be upset with somebody because they sin differently than you. If it's also subjective, though, too. It is. Like, like the people you're talking about, like devout Christians— view i won't speak for all of them but they view being gay as sin i sure as shit don't view that i don't know why exactly so what so how do you even define it because half their definitions i think are pretty fucked it's not it's because the fact that this is where and this is what i mean this is what this is where i mean when i say like a lot of these different like a lot of these different pastors and all these different types of denominations have created so many different definitions and they've essentially fucked people over it's like i say this all the time like granted it's a big stereotype but most of the things that most religious talks about most christians talk about is sex that's it it's sex they barely talk about forgiveness but but let let them find out that two two teenagers are, are fucking in the in the in the in the closet oh my gosh it's gonna be this big thing and it's like my thing is that as somebody who believes in god i make jokes about this because it's like i i've seen i've seen the bullshit and it's like for me it's like you're upset because two kids are being teenagers grant i'm not saying what they're doing is right but what i'm saying is you're you're upset because they're being teenagers so how do you plan on solving this as the church do you just say okay sex is wrong okay shame them you shame them up until it's time for them to get married and you expect them to just be okay in their relationship with their husband or wife having sex. It's like, I'm, I'm attacking, I'm, I'm going crazy today. Like, look at Catholicism. It's like, Catholicism has essentially, are you Catholic? Mm-hmm. 
Oh. Well, I, I mean, like, I, I grew up Catholic. I haven't been to church since the Vietnam War ended, so I don't really care. But <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm not an organized religion guy. Okay. I'm, I'm a big not fan of it. Okay. All right. Awesome. So, so for Catholicism, I look at the situation, and it's like, you guys shame women into not having sex, and then miraculously, they're supposed to pop out kids. The men are being told in most cases, oh, try to control yourselves try to control yourselves we understand you can't control it and it's the way that you talk to these people it's the way that they're going to interact with people when they're in relationships when a guy with a catholic if a catholic guy and a catholic girl gets together they're going to have a terrible sexual relationship if most if if they follow the if they, creed, yeah, yeah if they which, follow by that. the way i don't know about a lot of them but yeah. okay <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no it becomes a situation where it's like if they follow that nonsense it it's becomes nonsense, it's, yeah. it's 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 nonsense it's and nonsense. what happens we what, are animals dude Animals fuck. It's what we do. That's it. And it's like, don't get me wrong. I'm, you do everything within context, and you do everything within reason. But it's like for you to now, and this is where I, this is where I say I agree with women once again. It's like you're not gonna sit here and tell a woman for fifteen, twenty, twenty five years of her life, sex is wrong. Don't open your legs. Don't have sex with nobody. And then now all of a sudden you expect her to be whip open. them open, baby. Yeah, whip them open when she's married yeah. to her husband. Essentially, at that point, if you're going to be honest, it's damn near sexual abuse. It's damn near sexual abuse. I do not disagree. And I see people get brainwashed by that. Like, oh no, that's just the way it's supposed to be. No, that's why it's right. Like, there are still people like that. And I'm like, you, you are, you have absolutely no ability to think for your own goddamn self and your own body. Like, I lose. I look. Let me be careful how I say this. When people have their beliefs. And like, in that case, they subscribe to like what their religion tells them. I respect their right to do that. And I respect their honesty in saying that. Yeah. I think they're out of the fucking mind. I do. Because I'm, I'm like, in my head, and I'm making a little bit of an assumption here, maybe they have really thought about it, and that's what they really believe. And so if that's the case, okay, more power to them. I just disagree. But a lot of them, they never thought about it. That's just how they were told things are supposed to do go. So they follow it. And it's like... Okay, so you've never considered what you want. You've never considered what your real urges are. And to me, I, I don't fucking get that. It, I, I, it's, it's easier that way. Like, for me, it's like, it's always, it's crazy because it's always been harder for me to just follow things. Because I always want to know, I, I'm the type of person, I need to understand why I'm doing something. Yep. If I don't understand me why too. I'm doing, it's never going to make sense to me. Like, and for me, it's like, for for some I, like it's just been so many different things where it's like okay looking at religion it's like okay just do this this and this but it's like why am i doing this and that's part of the reason why i want to go look and i was like you know what yo i should read the bible by myself nobody fucking tell Make me anything your own mind up. yeah like and it's not to say like there's some things i don't agree with there's things that i agree with there's certain things that i look at and it's like when you start to look at it and you read that stuff for yourself that's how you start to understand things that's when you start to you're able to bring things in context it's like i can talk about i can talk about the bible in a certain way because i have mentors that talk about that stuff i have i have videos that i watch i have podcasts that i listen to about it and it's like I'm able to understand this from a different type of context. I can quote things about discrimination, discrimination, racism, all that stuff in the Bible because it's there because I read it. People who don't read the Bible wouldn't be able to understand that. And it's like when you look at the Torah, it's the same thing. Like when you understand what the Torah is about, when you understand all these different things, because the Torah is in the Bible as well, you understand what the hell you're reading and you understand what what it is. And you're able to make these decisions for yourself. 
Like the Bible helps you think for yourself. You just, just you just tied it all back together again. I don't know if you know if you did it, but you you just said I read the Bible for myself, and people who do that can make their are supposedly able to make their own interpretations, like you did. Good for you, which is exactly what you should do. That's our problem in society too. People don't read; they read the headline, they read what is fed to them. They don't. It's what you said earlier. They don't read what's within it. They don't consider where it's coming from. They just say, "Oh, I guess that's the way things are." It's all full circle. We have all the same flaws as human as humans across the board, across culture, with every single thing it's applicable to. Whether it's something like religion and trying to understand that and how it's taught, or something like how we're actually informed on what's going on in our world. That is true. Yeah, I just yeah, it is what it is. Like. I don't got no much more to say on that. It's just at the end of the day, I really just hope people pay attention. I just, it's 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 just always been saddening to me that it's just like people don't really pay attention the way that they need to pay attention, and people don't really look at things for what how they need to look at it. People don't people don't really self reflect upon themselves. People just kind of do things, and then when they're thirty forty, they realize that they're really unhappy with themselves. Oh my god! And it's just like I. I know that at the end of the day that, let's say, for example, like if I didn't want to go to law school, if I didn't want to be a photographer, I didn't want to be an artist, and I just did it until I was 30, at least I knew that I made the conscious decision back when I was like 18, 19. I was like, yeah, I want to be a lawyer, and yeah, I want to be an artist. Like, at least I made that conscious decision. Like, you know what? Maybe that wasn't a bright idea. But at least I did it with the thought of doing something. That's a fear, man. It's, it's, It's a fear that some of us have. I wish more people had it. I it's a big fear of mine. And to define it exactly, I fear waking up in midlife, 45, 50, and wanting things that now are not because I have other responsibilities to other people that are now not necessarily attainable. I don't have my youth like I did, though by then who the fuck knows with Elon Musk and all that shit and Neuralink and all that. But don't want to count on that, right? I don't want to look back and be like you know, I really knew I should have tried that or should have did this or or should have just bit the bullet and like seen with this. It didn't have to go right. Just had to know like, okay, that's not the way to go. Even just to eliminate something. My fear is looking back at that age and being able to say, shit, I didn't do that. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who, you know, they, they follow the – and I've talked about this before on this podcast. It's probably the third or fourth time this has come up, but they follow that plan. They follow that society says I'm supposed to do this, so I do this. Society says I'm supposed to do that, so I do that. After this comes that. After that comes this. Oh, because everyone else is saying this, I need to say that, right? I love how it's all tied back to religion in this one because it's the same psychology. It is. It's the same psychology. If people – like I want people to think and lean on whatever they want to. If someone's a Buddhist and they really believe in that shit, I want them to do it. And we live in, we, well, some of our world is free, as all of it should be, where people can do that, you know? And if someone's a, 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 a Christian or a Muslim or whatever, same thing. Want them to be able to do it. Where I draw the line is when people are hostage to ideologies that they don't even realize they're a hostage to. It's like, it's like the idea that pe- there are people who are so far behind in the fucking race that they actually think they're winning. And we it, got a lot of those people in the world. And what makes it even worse with that is they they kind of use they kind of use certain ideologies to kind of mask what yes. they're really dealing with. I know people, I've experienced people, I've seen people kind of bypass what they're dealing with and use um religion or use yep. 
certain ideologies as as something to bypass you know what their true feelings are or you know really deal with what's going on basically you're using you're basically using religion like you're using drugs you know what i'm saying yep. in the sense of like you're trying to numb pain and it's like you can't re- like at a certain point pain comes up like just because you're hiding it in one place doesn't necessarily mean it's not going to show up somewhere else and i think that that's that that's another reason why i get i i was actually very critical of religion i almost stopped being christian because of it cuz it was just like i was tired of seeing people like i said growing up as a growing up african and seeing how nigeria looks and just seeing the fact of like churches will be super filled people will give money to churches but it's like you guys still live miserable like it was disgusting to me it's like you guys are negating the fact that you know your politicians take all your money the churches take your money but you guys are still giving freely and it irritated me because it's like you guys are like the like some of the smartest people in the continent but you guys don't know how to figure it out but when it comes to religion you can never talk against god you can never challenge mm-hmm. that you can never challenge any of these things and it just pissed me off and it was just like yo like it was the same thing coming here going to a nigerian american church with people who have phds who are doctors nurses all these different things like now you're telling me bullshit that now you're telling me bullshit that yo like doesn't even make sense to me and it was just like at a certain point it's like yo you're supposed to be smart yeah like in a sense not even a sense of because you have a phd because you've read books like you've read yeah and at least the common like the common knowledge would be huh if if you're a doctor and if a rare disease could happen to you you could at least say yo there's a lot of different possibilities in this world. I should be able to keep my fucking mind open to understand other things could potentially happen. Yeah. And if you can't do that, that's a problem. That's always been my problem. It's like people just need to understand that it doesn't it's not that difficult to keep your mind open to another possibility. But people never, ever, ever, ever want to have that emotional space for that. And then they always end up looking like a deer in headlights when that same shit happens. And then it's like, yo, like, someone like me who will tell you that, it's like, yo, like, I told you this was going to happen. And you get mad at me for being the I told you so guy. And it's like, I didn't want to be the I told you so guy, but it's like, keep your mind open to different possibilities. You know what I'm saying? And it's yes. like, you, you can't you can't just continue to move in a certain space just because you're comfortable. You can't just continue to say, oh, yeah, well... Um, God said this, and the only reason why this is happening to me is because God said this isn't good in the Bible, so this is clear the reason. No, you could just be dealing with some traumatic experiences, sweetheart, or you could just be dealing with some traumatic experiences from the loss of something, my good friend. So always keep that in mind. And if you can't, you don't grow. No. And and that's the thing for me. It's like, I can't, like, it, it's weird to me. It's like, I just can't continue to be stagnant as a person anymore. Like, I'm almost, like... I'm turning 27 this year. Like I'm almost 30. Like I'm at a point now where it's like, I need to get into a habit of continuously trying to be the best version of myself every single day. Cause once you hit 30, you hit that phase. where like, yeah, this is how I am. I don't want to be that. I want to continuously be clay that can be molded into yes. something else continuously. In order to do that, you have to have that communication. We talked about though. That is true. And when you look at it, and I'm stereotyping, but it's it's also a part of the rule, not the whole thing, but it's a part of the rule with religion. When you go through and you see videos of pastors talking, or you know, go look at the bio of of a preacher or somebody who's like spreading the word or whatever. And I'm painting with a broad brush. I'm giving a little bit of a generalization. There are people who are not like this, so just take that at face value. But you see people who are constantly talking about 
spreading that word and and like oh you know jesus christ saved me or or like you know praise allah or, or whatever and then you see them expressing it to people who are looking to be saved or looking to believe and one thing these videos never have to me is a new record they're the same type of broken record they're saying the same types of things to people which by the way some of it doesn't mean it's wrong it's just they're saying the same saying, yeah. blanket statements to everyone else and all those people in there who are looking to be saved or looking to be helped they're all individual people. They all have different environments and different problems. And what do they need more than anything in the world? They need what we have today, which is we have headphones with our voices going right into our ears so that we can hear each other. We It's a conversation. We both talk. We both go back and forth. We go on monologues. But we're communicating. And you're expressing your opinion and your problems or your concerns. I'm doing the same from my end. And so people, when they go to these places and they're looking to be saved, what they really want is someone to listen, to understand, to see if they could possibly truly understand their problem and figure out a way through in this case maybe their ideology their religion to help them solve that and instead what they get is the same blanket statement going you know i'm using the christian example right now power of christ compels you baptize yourself turn to the face of god jesus will save and they say all the same things over and over again and what does that re what do those words really do for that person other than oh if i just keep repeating this to myself maybe my problems will poof magically go away and it, it, it's funny because that's that's the biggest thing, once again, with prosperity gospel. It's like you're teaching these people that in order for them to get out of their problems, they have to do something or God has to be this or God has to be this. And it's like the, the reality is that when you when you study, when you study the Bible and you study you when you look at the stories in the Bible, what a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of these people are already doing something that they really weren't supposed to be doing. Or a lot <laughs> yeah. of these like we look at Samson like. Not for nothing. Samson was slaying hoes. Oh yeah, slaying yeah. hoes. Yeah, like, he's chilling. Yeah, and and that's my thing. It's like you're telling me that oh, you have to be this special type of person. You have to be the apple of God's eye. You have to do these different things. And it's like that's not how religion is, or that's not how. Like even if you don't believe in God, the concept of it is you can't. You're not. You there's no need for you to be completely yeah. perfect for you to complete a purpose. And I think that's and that's why I get so upset when people talk about certain things in certain ways. It's like people talk about. Let me see here. In fact, I don't even want to talk about women no more. But the, the, <laughs> idea, the idea is that the idea is that people people choose people people choose to ignore the fact that God came and met a lot of people where they were at. They either mm. met them where they were at. Or he took them from a particular experience and put them in a particular situation to teach people something. Dan was it Daniel? Yeah, I think yeah, I think it was Daniel. Daniel got his whole family killed. He watched his whole family get killed, house get burned down. Put him in the same in the same organization, the same kingdom that killed his family. I believe so. But what was that last Daniel? Part? Put him in the same situation. Put him in the same. Put him in the same kingdom that killed his family. He put him in the same kingdom? To kill yeah, oh, he so he made him like a resident? Not a resident, like but like he was basically in the king's court. He's basically helping the king. Oh, so he made him do that. Got yeah, it. Okay. Not necessarily, I not necessarily the made, yeah. but like the, the, the way his life ended Made him being. uncomfortable. Yeah, and the idea is that you, you learn that you're dealing with trauma. God met you in a situation where you're, you went through a traumatic experience and you just made it more traumatic, but you having to see these people that made that situation traumatic mm. for you. Face the demons. Yeah. And it's like you're facing your demons at that point and you and Daniel still managed to be a great man of God. And for me, looking at that situation, it's like when you look at these super hypo Christians, they don't look at it like that. No. They look at it as, oh, 
Daniel Daniel <laughs> lost and he 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 followed God. He loved God. He loved, no like sis, like no. Let's be real. Let's be real, sis. Like let's be real. Let's be real, dude. Like this dude lost shit. Mm-hmm. It's like we look at the Bible. It's like oh my gosh, we love God. He's the Lamb of God. But y'all forgot God is the line of Judah. Like. God destroyed God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. You know how many towns this dude yo, God was like, yo, this is This is bad motherfucker. <laughs> no, like this is what I'm saying. It's like, yo, look at this. It's like God was like, yo, all right, y'all don't want to listen. All right, cool. Boom. Bye. Back. Next. Oh, y'all don't want to listen either? All right, cool. Boom. Bye. Next. Like, people forget that type of God. And we continue to sit here and live in a society where it's like we're preaching the good side of God. Where people have this super positive bypassing, where it's oh my gosh, God's this great person, God, and He is. But don't get it twisted; He can be that nurturing person, but He's also that dude that will smack you in your mouth if you do something stupid. And that's why I, that's why I, that's why it's like we can relate to this because it's like I don't look at it as strictly just God is just this line of Judah soft. It's, nah, He's not. He's not just that. He's the he, he can be the Lamb of God, but He's also the line of Judah. And I think people and a lot of Christians seem to forget. I only speak about Christians because I'm a Christian myself. But yeah, like, calling out your yeah, own. I got it. Like a lot of people don't really look at it like that. People can't into into insult to injury. A lot of a lot of Christians can't sit down with a lot of people from different points of view and have nope. that conversation you can't most people can't have a conversation with an atheist i've had a conversation with atheists before it wasn't that bad <laughs> it wasn't that bad it's the like, only thing they have the audacity to think is that like you know i think it just kind of ends when we're done there's yeah. nothing that's the thing like they, they like the communities religious communities will they'll judge something like that and it's like what so so how do you know <laughs> Exactly. Like, like, just so someone thinks something differently, you you don't have to agree with them. But like, how, who? What the fuck gives you the right to say no, 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 no? I, listen, listen. I talked to this god guy. Like, trust me, trust me. That's how it is. Other people have a different experience. They have a different belief. Shouldn't be anything wrong with that. And that's the biggest thing. Like one of my one of my biggest things for my what was interesting to me is that my mentor. He had an atheist, and he was like a leader of like some atheist organization, like around his church. He went to his church. <laughs> he went to his church, and he was there. And when he the guy died, he spoke at his funeral. <laughs> to eight, like think about that. Great, you're a and you you see what I mean? It's Great, like you're a pastor. Great, you're a pastor, and you spoke at a funeral full of atheists. Yep, and they listened to you. Yep. And my thing is that imagine now, and this, I'm not saying he's the greatest person, but it's like what I love about my mentor specifically, or like it's, 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 it's beautiful that you can talk to somebody, have an open mind, collectively take an opposing point of view, internalize that, understand why they think that way and make your belief stronger. Mm. Not even because of the fact of his religion, religion or being, being atheist, just the fact of if you're a Republican, I'm a Democrat. You tell me everything that you need to tell me as to why you hate Democrats. I internalize it, and that just makes me want to be a better Democrat. That is all you need. None of those people do that. And that's the thing. People get offended. Like, I don't know any Republicans that think it's like not a sin against God to vote Democrat. I don't know any Democrats that, that – I, I shouldn't say I don't know any, but I know very few on both sides who don't think it's absolutely pure insanity, in that case, from the Democrat side, to vote Republican. Yeah. And this is why we have these problems. And And look – you brought in some serious circles. I, I love culture. 
you know, because culture encompasses everything. And yep. you brought in the 360 degrees of culture today. And there were a few things you said in the last 10 minutes that if I went to, we'd be going for like two more hours. Yeah. So this is a to-be-continued down the line. We're going to leave people wanting some more. But Moose, I love this, man. You bring You bring the hot topics. You're like, I've had a few guests like you. I mean, they're all different, but who aren't afraid to go at the issues and just yeah. say, fuck it, here's what I think, take it or leave it, like, let's talk about it. And that's that's the best part about doing this because then it makes my mind the cyclone during the fact and after the fact and keeps my mind open to like, well, maybe maybe it's this way or oh, maybe, maybe it's that way. And if more people could do that, and like I, I hope the people who listen to the show and, and watch the show on YouTube, you know, take that attitude. If more people are just like, hey, you know, let's just hear what, what – Everything is put the cards on the table, and over time, I'll get some sort of a system that makes me think like, okay, I'm comfortable here, I'm comfortable here, 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 and judge for yourself. Like that's all we want. We don't want like I don't want any kind of echo chamber here of like what I say or what my guests say going. Like you know, and conversations like this, if somebody sits here and agrees with everything we just said or you said or I said, that you know, they're out of their mind. Yeah. It's just there's way too much there. So, listen, man, loved it. Thank you for doing it. Yo, thank you for having me. I I, I like this a lot. I, I like when people, I like when people think differently. I like different thinkers, and I like people that think outside the box. And I think that you're one of those types of people who think outside the box. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Honestly, thank you, man. And thank you for that compliment. It's like one of the best things I could possibly get from your seat. So I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, no doubt. All right, we'll do it again. All right, no, definitely. Everybody else, give it a thought. Get back to me. Peace.